This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. Hello, citizens! Welcome to the Forks of Potitude. I'm Dave Michaels. And I'm Brian Betts. And for the last time, we are the Cape Podcasters. And this is the show that's going to Scooby-Doo this shit. ruh <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> in, uh, was it middle school or high school? It must have been middle school. We had a teacher named Mr. Kneebone. First okay. of all, that's a silly name. Jinkies. Yeah. That is... And uh, whenever kids were good he would do his scooby-doo impression and he was like the most boring teacher I, in the world he's also a listener that he's not he's absolutely <laughs> fucking not um he was just the most dry person ever okay but whenever he did scooby-doo you're like what the where did that come from <laughs> like it seemed like you had a personality there briefly for a hot second we thought you might exist outside of the school maybe <laughs> he taught was it english i think it was in- no it couldn't yeah it was english that's such a dry personality subject to teach. I think. Yeah, it wasn't good. But uh, you're Scooby-Doo, on par with the knee bone. Oh, okay. Well, so, bravo, sir. Isn't Mr. Bone like the, uh, the, the teacher and Doug? Uh, it's been a while, but that sounds right. I feel like everything was, had some sort of weird boneness to it in the school. Didn't the woman who did the voice for Patty Mayonnaise, wasn't she on Orange is the New Black? And it was like jarring seeing yes. her there. It was yes. weird because you hear it talking. You hear her talking, you're like, you're like, that's Patty Mayonnaise, but she's Christ. talking about like using vibrators. Right, and not the beats. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, it depends on what she has. I Yeah, you in jail, you got to use what you have to use, I suppose. <laughs> uh, yeah. This is a long-winded way of saying that this is our last episode as the game <laughs> podcast. And clearly we're talking about Spider-Man No Way Home, directed by John fucking Watts. From 2021, you almost got it the I whole know. way. Was... The whole way, you almost made it. I forgot the, the year. It's important to get the year. With, especially with all the Spideys, man. There's so many Spideys. There's... We'll get there, obviously. Oh, there's so spideys many spideys. On spideys. We're stacking Spideys. That's right. <laughs> So you've seen this, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone in the world did see this because uh, it's a $200 million budget, and it did do $1.9 billion yeah. worldwide. It's <laughs> one of the biggest films of all time. That's a big boy score right there. Uh, I mean, a big boy box office score. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Do you just want to do the super score now? Just get it over with? <laughs> that would be such a weird way to... It's the last episode. We're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah, maybe, uh, well, for the next show, that's exactly what we're doing. But still, <laughs> you got to wait another week for that one to unveil itself. That's right. I suppose. You saw this twice in theaters, because you did get suckered into the September thing that they did, right? I did not do the September thing. I could have sworn you would. They're like, we're adding two extra minutes, and everyone's just like... First of all, it was 15. Apologies. And a new post-credit scene. 13 other minutes. What post-credit scene could they have thrown in? 
well, are they an actual proper post credit instead of just a trailer for Doctor Strange the muse- and the the museum? Wow. Okay. Now, now I want, I I want Ben going. Stiller. I thought I want... you were going to say Doctor Strange the musical, and I got oh, rock that's hard. That's also exciting. All right, Night at the Museum meets Doctor Strange, and it's a musical. We get Ben Stiller and Benedict Cumberbatch. So realistically, Ben Stiller is now guarding all those relics on the second floor yes. of the Sanctum Sanctorum. <laughs> yes, exactly that. And they all come to life at night. They come to life anyway. And Owen Wilson <laughs> is, there. is there going, there. oh, wow, what's that do? Wow. Does anyone have the time, Wink? Stone? I had to he's make the it- time authority man. Oh, yeah. That's right. He's in the MCU now. Yes, he is. Brian. I was making a Night at the Museum reference because he's the li- cowboy man. Your license plate literally says variant. Uh, well, way to put my business out there. <laughs> Welcome to Doxing yes. with Dave. <laughs> no, it's true. Variant. Uh, and I forgot that Owen Wilson exists within the MCU because <laughs> yeah. I was so focused on the Night at the Museum universe. That's a good universe to be a part of. Do you want to get into this? Yeah, sure. Why not? All right. We pick right up. Where we left off in Spider-Man Far From Home, J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. fucking Simmons. Um, apologies to the entire Simmons family for you not putting more fuckings in his name. J. fucking K. fucking Sim fucking Inns. Thank you. It it's felt too weird little too late. But... To split it in between the Simmons. Still. But he has just exposed Peter Parker's secret identity. You know, Tom Holland being his secret identity. Peter Parker's identity is Tom Holland. Spider-Man. Anyway. <laughs> I was wondering where you are going with that. Tom fucking it's Holland. Like... Breaking news! The person you see playing Spider-Man is Peter Parker, who's portrayed by an actor. <laughs> this isn't She-Hulk. Wow! It, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> That's only like a week old. Fuck it! Burn it down! Almost two Fuck weeks it, burn at this it down. point, right? I don't know. <laughs> She-Hulk finale was one of the best things Marvel's ever done. Oh, there. well, now you actually pin, pinned it on the finale. Yeah. I, all I was making was a reference that She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall, Dave. Yeah, we're... No, burn it down. <laughs> burn it down. Last episode. No uh, survivors. We'll get there. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> so J. Jonah Jameson has just exposed Peter Parker's secret identity to the world, while simultaneously pushing Mysterio's narrative, which frames Spider-Man as a responsible uh, party in the attack in London. And now right. half the world is like, I believe Spider-Man. And the other half's like, I believe Mysterio. And it's chaos. One half is a lot more graffiti doing than the other half. Yeah. Like, yeah, the it, people who are like, we saw with Mysterio, they just spray paint that everywhere. They're just super aggressive with how much they believe Mysterio. Now, I'm not going to say that that seems very <laughs> apropos of the world right now. Still not a political podcast. Burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> you know who you are. I'll leave it at that. You know who you are. And I doubt you're listening to this show. <laughs> this I, at this point, with how not political we've been, if we still have any left, I'll, I would be shocked. Absolutely shocked. Peter and MJ, Zen fucking Dea. Yes. Flee to his apartment, reuniting with Aunt May, played by Marissa fucking Tomei. And Happy Hogan, played by John Favreau. Had to do it. It won't be the last one we have. It will not. I promise. (laughs) With the apartment surrounded by the Department of Damage Control, Peter, MJ, Aunt May, and Ned, played by by Jacob fucking Batalon, he's back. Oh, yeah. And he's doing stuff in this one, so hang on to your butts. Yeah, he's uh, either doing the hero thing or doing the fucked up thing. Like, he's fucking up a lot, and he's fucking up often. But he's fucking up in a good way sometimes. Enough to move the plot forward. He's like the living Peter principle in this movie. Like he's rising to <laughs> he's the, fourth the occasion Peter. that it's needed. Really, so he is the fourth Peter. Peter one, Peter two, Peter three. We'll Peter get principle. there. We'll get there. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> Ned as Principal Peter. There is a weird vibe going on right now. Yeah, there is. It's you're here in person for this of, one for the first yeah. time in a while. That might do it. That's probably. And we're it. not talking about Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King, so you're not a snark fest. <laughs> I don't know about that. I might be being a little snarky. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> Tear down the good man. Burn it down. That's right. They all get brought in to the the DODC to be interrogated, uh, but they are ultimately released without charges. Peter hires Matt Murdock, Charlie fucking Cox of the Netflix Daredevil show fame. The fanboys got what they wanted. He is back and he's excellent. I like how they got what they wanted very briefly and very early. Yeah, they were like, see, he's here. Okay, moving on. It's the right way to do it. Because Matt Murdock is going to represent Peter in in this case. Uh, and he manages to get all the charges dropped. <laughs> Without us seeing him do it. We don't see. He just comes in. He goes, hey, Petey boy, you're off the hook. And Peter's like, cool. That was High easy. five. Matt Murdock's like, can't see that. Yep, nope. I will catch this brick, though, because I'm a very good lawyer. That is a great line and a great so delivery. Good. And then he turns to Happy. He's like, but you should be worried. Got to lawyer up, Happy. It's like, you're a lawyer. What are you? Anyway. Because of the controversy, Peter, MJ, and Ned, when they return to Midtown High for their senior year, there's a huge controversy surrounding them, and uh, they get denied and rejected from every college they apply to, especially their their, their dream school, MIT. They do, but there's also a shrine built to (laughs) Spider-Man in there, and it's presented by, is he Principal JB Smooth at this point? I don't know what he's doing. I don't think any of them are principal. They're just... They're not even on the cheat sheet. There's too many characters. Martin Starr. Martin Starr, J.B. Smoove, and Hannibal Burris. It's so good because J.B. Smoove and Martin Starr are like saluting Spider-Man. Martin- Hannibal Burris is like, I'm with Mysterio. No, I'm, you know what you did. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I want that. Yes. I want that. Like, I keep hearing Abbott Elementary is a great show. Oh, same. And I'm super curious to watch it, and I haven't just because I have no time, and I'll get there. Yeah. And as we all know, I might get there. You might. I don't know. Yeah. That's... I want them to have like a Midtown High. Midtown High spinoff. Type thing with just like these characters in the lead. Just I want that. Those three teachers and like some of the kids from the school. It'd be perfect. Like bring bring in, uh, what's her name? Angori Rice. Is that her name? Yeah. Who plays Betty Brandt? She's so good. She's great. Phenomenal. Like have Hannibal Burris be like the volleyball coach or something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. would be ridiculous. Lean all the way in. I think we need more MCU-adjacent properties. Like, hey, this takes place in the MCU, but we're not going to address any of the superheroes. We don't shit. need to. This is the world. It'd be great. It's like, look, we have a whole studio here. We could be doing rom-coms. We could be doing procedural dramas. Let's we could. Go. We could. So because they all got rejected from MIT, Peter's like, I got to do something about this. He goes to see Dr. Stephen Strange, played by Benedict fucking Cumberbatch. Then he comes. He's back. At the Sanctum Sanctorum. And he asks him, to cast a spell to make people forget that he is Spider-Man. And Wong is like, hey, don't do that, because Wong's here, because it's it's phase four, and Wong's in everything now. Yeah, but he's also the Sorcerer Supreme. He is the Sorcerer Supreme, because uh, Stephen Strange got, got snapped, he got blipped. Yep, so by default, they needed a Sorcerer Supreme, and Wong stepped in, and now Wong is just overwhelmed with and work. He, Wong is a very busy man. He is showing up in every single MCU property. It is the, the Wong cinematic universe. At this, at this point. point, it is, and is that a bad no, thing? No, it's the best thing, and I hope he and Madison get their own show. Go watch She-Hulk, please. For the love of God, watch She-Hulk. <laughs> it's Madison with a Y, but not where you not think. Not where you think. Despite Wong's warning of the consequences that could occur with such a spell, Strange goes ahead and just does it. Well, Wong kind of gave him a blessing. He said, "He's like, I want nothing to do with this. Just don't involve me in this. 
So while Strange is casting the spell, Peter constantly keeps adding addendums to the original parameters of the spell, which ends up destabilizing it. Well, he's kind of just fucking up the spell the whole way, and Doctor Strange is like, stop talking, stop talking, stop talking. And there's never been a Spider-Man that was capable of doing that. That's true. It's also a little bit on Doctor Strange here for not being like, all right, kid, let's do this spell. What do you actually want to happen before I get started twirling my hands around? Give me a wish list. <laughs> And let's go from there. So you want everybody to forget, like including me? You want the Avengers to not know who you are? Because that seems like it'd be a step back in your superheroing career. We should have a conversation about this before I I just start casting. Yeah. um, The MCU typically does not plan very well. No, then we wouldn't have a movie. Right. (laughs) Strange contains the spell in a physical form and berates Peter, especially after finding out that he didn't even try to contact MIT acceptance board and ask them to reconsider <laughs> i love that he's upset he's like he's like you wouldn't just call them and ask them to reconsider you said you have to come right to the magic man <laughs> you want me to make the entire world forget who you are maybe possibly destabilize the entire universe and you haven't even given them a call it's wonderful he kicks them right out kicks as right. he should it's a brilliant move peter contacts flash thompson that's right tony ravioli's back thank god and now he makes me wish he doesn't have his own show again he went back that direction. He went back in the direction. And you're yeah. like, in this movie, I was just like, oh, he's kind of sad. Like, he just wants friends, man. That's all he wants. And we see at the end of Far From Home. I got to, like, really think about these movies whenever I try to name them. <laughs> at, like, the airport where he gets dropped off and he's like, oh, mother was too busy. And the, the yeah. butler man's just like, fuck you. Get in the car. Let's like, go, oh, you okay. rich schmuck. Yeah. And, and in this movie, he doesn't talk about his mom. He's just like, I'm best friends with Peter Parker. And also, I got into MIT. And... Oh, I don't have real friends. Well, he tries to even connect because he feels yeah. legit bad that the other three didn't get an MIT. Ned, MJ, and Peter. And he goes, that sucks, guys. Like, I'm sorry. I'm going to hop out and go to this mixer, though. Yeah. <laughs> but he can't stop partying. <laughs> so he's at this mixer, and Peter knows he's there. So he calls him up. He says, hey, I need to talk to somebody from MIT. <laughs> and Flash is like, oh, well, an administrator just left and is on the way to the airport to return to Boston, which is a silly airplane ride to take. Like, just drive. It's not that far. At that point, just drive. Especially when you're going to sit in all this traffic. Right. Going from I don't know where to I don't know where. Somewhere in New York to somewhere in New York via the well, Alexander Hamilton Bridge. Yeah. And let's talk about geographic things for a second, because watching this, I went, that's the most appropriate bridge from the use because it's directly over the George Washington Bridge mm-hmm. where you have to go under those stupid buildings and you pop out the other side and you're like, oh, cool, more traffic. <laughs> Before you decide if you want to go farther like north and you see the New Haven, Connecticut sign, go north on 95 there. Right. You go out towards Long Island and you go south towards Manhattan. Literally like me Bronx. today. Exactly. Yeah. What are you doing? Taking that spot to go wherever to go you to the, are? To go to an like, airport? Are you in Queens? <laughs> are you in Manhattan? I have no idea. It makes no sense. Go to the Midtown. Yeah. I'm assuming she's going out of JFK for whatever. Or That's go, the one that makes LaGuardia? the most sense if you're going there. I don't know. I, I have no idea what airport. Like, let's break this down yes, for the, let's figure this the out. outsiders because JFK is on the south side of, let's just for the sake of it, call it Long Island. Yeah. Make it easy. Well, okay. It's not. <laughs> Careful, but, but it's, yes. But let's just call that. And LaGuardia is on the north side of it because right. you have Queens, you have Berlin, you got all that stuff. I just don't understand this at all. By the time she gets like in the security line, she could be through Connecticut already and exactly. pretty much at New York. It's only a three-hour drive, maybe four. Yeah, it just seems silly that she's she's on her way to an airport. Now she's just stuck in traffic. And now she, yeah. On the bridge where there's always traffic. And we have spent a lot of time talking about the logistics of her travel. 
I drove on that bridge every fucking day for like five years and it beats you down. Yeah, yeah. But it's brilliant for the scene that's about to happen. It's appropriate. We needed traffic in order to have a bridge fight scene. Sorry for all the traffic talk. <laughs> this has been traffic talk with the Cape Podcasters this, for the last time, probably. Yeah, this was just more cathartic than anything. <laughs> we just had to get all that New York traffic hate out of our system <laughs> before we could move on with the movie. Yeah, we're the only ones who have ever hated traffic out loud. New York traffic. <laughs> only ones. You're, you you're heard welcome. it here last. <laughs> you're welcome. We're an original. So Peter intercepts this MIT administrator in traffic and begs her to reconsider Ned and MJ's applications. He's like, I don't care about me, but they did nothing wrong. Reconsider their applications. And she's like, go away. It's weird that you're talking to me in your wrinkled suit on the bridge. She's right. She is right. She's 100% right. And then suddenly the bridge is attacked by Otto Octavius, Alfred fucking Molina. I want to talk about this because as the bridge is getting attacked, you see the tentacles coming down. Yes. We know what's happening because we all saw the trailer. Right, because it was one of the most successful trailers of all time. Do you ever get upset that they put that in the trailer? People are going to see this movie no matter what. No matter what, yes. But do you feel a little upset that they gave the game away a little bit in that trailer? They didn't give the big thing away. Right, they didn't. That's that's the tricky thing. Like, I feel like Sony was like, no, if we want to get butts in seats, we need to put, we need to tell people that, hey, there's some multiversal shenanigans afoot. Maybe they could have hinted at it a little bit better. Yeah, or like, or use use Electro, use Sandman. Keep the big two out of the trailers, but instead they led with the big two. They did lead with the big two. I've always kind of said, I wish that they saved that. Because yeah. like you think about the theater moments, and this movie is full of movie theater moments that just work. Absolutely. And it still worked, don't get me wrong. I just feel like it would have been an explosion in that theater. If you had if no you idea. Had no idea. It's just, I wonder or how Or even you... if they just led with, Green Goblin, and right? They hid Octavius or whatever it is. Like, just lead with one. Don't show, yeah, all of your hand here. Yeah, just and they didn't. They didn't. They just showed the good part of the hand. Right, right. They were like, hey, we're we're sitting here with some with two very good cards. Come see the movie, and maybe you'll see more. I just don't know how you market this movie without without showing who any of the villains are. You know, put Kevin Feige on the screen and just talking. Saying, hey, there's a new Spider-Man movie coming out. You should definitely go Just see it. Just trust me, guys. Just trust me. <laughs> I'm showing my face here. I got the hat on because I always wear hats. <laughs> Look at this cool Spider-Man hat. Hey, uh, this movie is so super secret, we can't tell you anything about it. Go see it and trust me. And people would still, it would still make $2 billion. Without a doubt. <laughs> like, wow. I can't imagine what they're doing. Can't even show it in the trailer. Can't do it. And they they held the trailers for this movie back for so long. People were begging for it. Well, that's a Marvel move now because now Marvel's holding well, every. They trailer. found out it works. It does because work. of this movie. Because Black Panther comes out in a month, and they only just released a trailer for it. Yeah, yeah. Doc Ock rips off a piece of Spider-Man's nanotechnology from his Iron Spider suit, causing it to bond with his mechanical tentacles, which is a neat trick. It sure is. It's inconvenient for him, but it's a neat trick. <laughs> they fight for a little bit, but when Otto discovers that this isn't the Peter Parker he had previously fought, he lets his guard down and Peter takes control of the tentacles with Bluetooth or something. I really like that realization where Doc Ock says, you're not Peter. And then Peter's like, I'm very confused. Yep, doesn't even try to say like, no, I totally am. I'm just confused at this point. Yeah. Having her life saved by Spider-Man, the MIT administrator promises to give Peter and his friends applications a second look and he's like well not mine and she's like shut up kid you too i hope she like denies him still oh she's like you know 
you saved my life, but your grades are shit. <laughs> it feels like you're you're focused on another priority here instead of your <laughs> grades. And Spider-Man in Boston would just be kind of stupid. Right? Who are you really trying to save <laughs> Spidey, you better keep your ass out of Southie. What kind of villains would you have in Boston? Like, if the Green Goblin is a, is a New York villain, <laughs> um, what's the Boston version of that? It's, it's just... <laughs> this is Teddy. He's my cousin. <laughs> and he got pit- wicked drunk at, at, the, at the Sam Adams Brewery, and now he's just being a dickhead all over Faneuil Hall. And uh, Spider-Man, you got to stop him. You left out the, the best part about Teddy is that he used to be a cop. Oh, Teddy, of course. And he would a- never tell anybody he was oh, a cop. can't tell. He was a secret cop. You got to tell me if you're a cop. You got to tell me if you're a cop. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man, we need help with the dunks. <laughs> oh, fuck, which one? <laughs> Not that one, the one across the, the room. That's right. Spidey, you saved the day. Give me a high fanual. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a wicked Boston thing to say. That is the most Boston thing you could say. <laughs> Kid. Go bees. <laughs> the Green Goblin arrives at the bridge. <laughs> I like that we determined the Boston version of the Green Goblin is just my cousin Teddy. That's it, my cousin my Teddy. My drunk cousin Teddy who used to be a co-op. They're coming from the multiverse. One if by land, two if by fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I know my revere. <laughs> the Green Goblin arrives. I feel like Boston Spidey. He doesn't so much have webs, but he's got like just clam shooters. Clam shooters. <laughs> Spidey, you got like a butter shooter with that? <laughs> Guys, I, I got to wait on saving the day just a little bit. I'm a little backed up. The clams, they, they clogged up my system. <laughs> now I just got chowder shooters. <laughs> With great power comes wicked responsibility. <laughs> oh, it's so good it didn't get into MIT. <laughs> <laughs> right move by the writers. Not oh. accepting them, just moving them or shipping them up to Boston. <laughs> For real. Caught that one mid-sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so the Green Goblin arrives at the bridge, but Peter and Otto Octavius are transported to the Sanctum Sanctorum via sling ring portal. Doc Ock is placed in a holding cell, along with the lizard, Dr. Kurt Connors, played by the guy with the name I could never say right the first time. Reese Reese Ifens. He's in this movie briefly. He he shows up. <laughs> At times, uh, but here he's he's a big old lizard man, you know, the one from the Amazing Spider-Man. Right, I know it very well. And he's already been captured by by Doctor Strange, who's been in the the sewers doing some work of his own, fixing pipes. Happened to stumble across the river. I don't know. <laughs> chasing Why lizards. Why are you down there? I think he was just chasing the lizard. Fair enough. Strange reveals that instead of making everybody forget about Spider-Man's identity, his spell has begun bringing everyone who knows Peter Parker as Spider-Man into their world from the infinite multiverse. That's a lot of people. It is, but infinite. also not when you think about infinity. Infinity's and a lot. And they got like six. Look, a few snuck through. <laughs> I was able to contain it, but it looks like, I don't know, five, maybe seven people snuck through the cracks from two very convenient universes. <laughs> the ones you know. Strange locks the spell into a mystical containment unit that can send all the visitors back to their own dimensions at the touch of a button. And he tasks Peter with going and finding the other multiversal visitors for reasons. Yes, he does. Because he can hit that button at any time and they'll all go back. But he's like, round them up instead. I want to see them die. 
Yeah, it feels like that's what it is. It does feel like strange. Just like is. I want to watch the light go out of their eyes. I got this sling ring on Goop. <laughs> I intend on using it. Uh, I set it to vibrate instead of portal. I don't, I don't think he would. I think what he would do is he would he'd have like a ceremonial thing first of all, because oh, Benny yeah. comes only jerks off in the most. <laughs> Benny comes way. only. Yep. And you like lays like a white satin sheet down, and just lays naked on it. With his, he sits cross-legged, naked on it, and the whole thing hovers. But then he starts like circling it with the sling with ring. The, oh yeah, and he gets like that. And you're like, little... but do you think a sling hole burns at all? No, no, I don't think it does. Well, either way, he could like fuck dimensions if he wanted to. Yeah, I mean, legitimately, he probably knows a, a few very comfortable dimensions that he could. <laughs> Why are we? I don't know. How did we get here? I did that. That's on me. I did that. <laughs> Goop. That's right. It always has to come back. <laughs> Strange magically enhances Spider-Man's web shooters to shoot teleporting webs that will immediately transport his foes into Strange's dungeon, which is a super convenient thing to have. Yes. So Peter enlists the help of MJ and Ned, and they work together to Scooby-Doo this shit. I love it! Peter goes multiverse hunting. But first, he has to flip his Spider-Man suit inside out because it's covered in green paint from Mysterio sympathizers and... Pieces of his Iron Spider suit are keeping Doc Ock's tentacles in check, even though he's jailed up. And because Disney makes 100% of profit on merchandising, so they're going to try to squeeze as many costume changes as possible into this bitch. The word toyetic comes to mind. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh, wait, we're we're 20 minutes in the movie? Can we get a third suit on him? Cool, thank you. That's exactly what they did. <laughs> Sony's like, we get half the box office. Marvel's like, we get all the toys. Put them in 17 costumes. They did. They very much did. <laughs> Out in the woods, Spider-Man comes across Max Dillon, a.k.a. Electro, a.k.a. Jamie fucking Fox from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. That's the one, the episode we did with the blackout, where he legitimately recorded it during a blackout. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a weird one, because wow. we were hoping the, the laptop battery was going to hold up the whole That's time. That's right. Oh, we're getting nostalgic here on our last episode. A little bit. Let's check all the boxes if we can. Absolutely. RoboCop shot a guy in the dick. <laughs> Never forget. All right, that's two. Now we just have to reference 190 more episodes. <laughs> Let's keep rolling. <laughs> These space turds, alien turds, damn it. Well, now Spider-Man is a man in black. Check, check. Check, check again. <laughs> Boy, this bit's old already. Yep. <laughs> Hate it. So Max battles Spider-Man for a hot second, but Flint Marco, a.k.a. Sandman, a.k.a. Thomas Hayden Church from Spider-Man 3, helps Peter. By surrounding Max in a sandstorm tornado thing, while Peter takes down all the power lines, disrupting Max's access to his powers. Cool. Yeah. It's like, hey, this Sandman's helping me because he likes Spider-Man at the end of the third movie. Yes, he does. And then he zaps both of them back to the Sanctum Sanctorum. He captures him. But also, Sandman's really untrusting. Yeah. I love how he, like, first he zaps away Max, and then Sandman's like, whoa, did you just kill him? And Peter's like, no, you gotta trust me. He's like, I don't trust you, and that's gonna be the thing I say for the rest of the movie. Yep. <laughs> character development. Well, you know, honestly, Spider-Man 3 did a good job of developing his character, so it's hard to... He already went full circle? He's, he's like, good now? Uh, yeah, he's he was a good guy at the end of that, and now they're like, well, let's make him an untrusting good guy. I just want to get home and see my family. But he's also, like, on par with Lizard in this, where yes. who gives a shit? Yeah, these two uh, did not actually come back to set to film anything. They just lent their voices to the production, and then they were they were recreated with archival footage later on. 
There you go. So the more you know, do 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 do. That could have been an actual IMDb trivia fact, but there were three hundred of them, and I said no. Good move. I didn't submit any. So for this, because uh, I saw there were three hundred, and I went, "There's no way he's looking at this." This is going to be an IMDb list episode, then. Fine. Which is good because last week I think I unveiled the greatest one of all time. And we can't top that. Yeah, that was way too good. It was it was perfect, and it set up our new show really well. So if it's you a- didn't listen to the Batman last week, you messed up. You did. You really did. Teddy's going to come find you. Oh, and let me tell you something about Teddy. He's got a temper. He's got a temper. He's got a fucking temper, kid. Ever since his ma died. Well, they closed, they closed his dunks, and now he's got to walk a whole extra half a block to get to his- <laughs> Half his... a block? <laughs> oh, that's very good. Elsewhere, Norman Osborn, played by Willem fucking Defoe. And I would put a fucking between every letter of the man's name, but we would be here too long. Yeah, it's the right move, though. Just even saying that, I'll allow it. Norman Osborn attempts to escape from his Green Goblin persona by smashing his mask, and then he seeks refuge at Feast, where Aunt May happens to work, which is super convenient because he saw a picture of Spider-Man in an ad. That's right. She turns him over to Peter, who tells her that he's going to send him home, and Aunt May is like, hey, he needs help, and maybe, maybe Peter should be doing that help before sending him back to his own universe. And he's like, but there's a Spider-Man in his universe, too. And Aunt May's like, you know what you need to do. And Peter's like, very confused about what I need to do, but okay. I'll do it, I guess. I suppose. All of the villains have a cute little reunion where they all share how they're doomed to die at the hands of their various Spider-Men in their universes. Strange wants to send the villains back to their respective universes to meet their fates. And Spider-Man is like, well, my Aunt May said... I like how he's letting her pull the strings in a way. Basically, Peter wants to cure them all and help them have a chance at once they return, living a normal life and not succumbing their fate of death by Spider-Man. So now Peter and Doctor Strange have to fight about it. I don't know if they really fight about it so much. It's like a game of keep away with the, said, with the MacGuffin box. Yeah, but they said, like, we have a big special effect budget. Let's use it. <laughs> hey, we brought Doctor Strange into this movie so we could do an Inception scene, right? That's the whole That's reason exactly they did it. it. And then they did it. And, oh boy, does it land. Oh, man. Peter and Doctor Strange fight in the mirror dimension on a train. Pretty neat. It is so cool. Peter wins using math. Yeah. Um, I don't like that. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute. This is like a, a thingy thing from geometry. And he starts spinning webs in all sorts of directions. And then they crawl around Doctor Strange and capture him. He, Peter snags the sling ring. He says, all right, bye. And he takes the MacGuffin box and pieces out leaving Strange stuck in the mirror dimension. Was it you who sent me the list of the guy who ranked the MCU movies by trains? Yes, that was me. (laughs) That was an insane list. It was an insane list, and it stops (laughs) at Endgame. And I was like, he gets hit. Peter gets hit by a train far from home. That's not on the list. And he stops way before No Way Home, which has one of the best train scenes in the MCU. Yeah. But yeah, there there is a list out there of the MCU movies ranked by train appearance <laughs> it's and, very uh, good all the ones that are typically ranked pretty low are pretty high on this list it's true this is teddy you guys talking the tea oh you better believe we're talking the tea i take the tea to fenway i don't go to the game <laughs> but i take it there yeah i'm not allowed in after what i did to <laughs> apparently pissing on that wall is really frowned upon yeah they, they like the shade of green that it is and i was trying to make it a little more yellow green I kept telling them this was my pesky pole, and I was just trying to <laughs> bring it out to Fenway, and they said, we already got one. Get out of here, Teddy. They were like, if you're going to piss on someone, wait for a Yankees game and piss onto them. 
Well, but... go to Philly. It's it's respected there. <laughs> it's actually expected there. That's right. <laughs> you go find a cop and you see if he has a child, and then you piss on the child. <laughs> if you really got to piss in Boston, just go to the Charles. <laughs> And like ceremonially throw a bag of tea in Fucking there while you're Christ, doing. I was drinking when you said that. <laughs> that was a close one. <laughs> this whole time we should have been doing Boston accents. We should have been. Like that could have been the bit the whole time. A hundred. You know what? Let's start it over. Episode one, Batman. That Michael John, That Johnny Favreau, he's got some heavy hands, right? The wicked heavy. Oh, wicked heavy kid. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Oh, where does he get those wonderful toys? You never touch another man's rhubarb. He probably gets them at KB Toys. He probably gets them at KB. Fucking KB. You remember KB, kid? I do remember KB, kid. KB's long gone. Probably replaced by a Dunks. Oh, a shirt. <laughs> what? <laughs> Assuredly. That's what they say in Boston. Assuredly. <laughs> Very common saying around these parts. I parked my car at Harvard Yard. Oh, assuredly. <laughs> <laughs> also, don't park your car in Harvard Yard because you will get ticketed. And Absolutely, you will. So Peter is back in the in the non-mirror dimension. I don't the know real world. The, the, sure, the real world. And he passes the sling ring and the Deus MacGuffina off to Ned and MJ <laughs> and tells them to keep them safe while he works on helping the multiversal villains. And if they don't hear from him, Hit that button, send the villains back to their own dimension. That seems like a reasonable thing to do, but also yeah. maybe just hit that button. Maybe just do maybe it. Maybe just hit that button. Yeah. I know we won't have a movie if you do but that. Aunt but Aunt May said I have to help them. And this is like the hot Aunt May, so we got to listen. You got to If Marissa Tomei told me to do anything. I would do it. I'd be like, I got a guy who can help. Teddy. <laughs> I don't want Teddy anywhere near my Marissa Tobin. Well, I'm just saying, like, if she wanted me to kill somebody, I could probably talk Teddy into doing it. How great would it be if Marissa Tomei started in a sequel to My Cousin Vinny called My Cousin Teddy? Um, Sign me up. 100%. I have never been more in for anything in my life. Can it be part of the Night at the Museum Doctor Strange universe? Probably not. That's fair, actually. Probably, we probably, probably need to keep those properties separate. I would like to keep them separate so we can form a studio around this called Bad Idea Inc. or something. That's uh, probably already exists. <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> I like it though. Now, but now we have two tentpole properties. We could, and we could treat this thing kind of like Tyler Perry treats Medea or whatever, and just have Teddy just throw him about uh, yeah, whatever. A, we want. Teddy in. <laughs> Boo! Teddy killed another guy. Pumpkin Spice is back featuring Teddy. <laughs> It's just a Dunkin' commercial at that point. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the work we, we're going to be doing it's is Dunkin' commercials. Dunkin', yeah. You think America runs on Duncan? No, no, no. Teddy runs on Duncan. Oh. If if America runs on Duncan, Duncan runs on Teddy. <laughs> That's the slogan right if there. If so facto, America runs on Teddy. Assuredly. <laughs> so Peter frees the <laughs> villains and takes them to Happy's apartment with Aunt May. Happy's got a cool bachelor pad. I mean, it makes sense being on the Stark payroll that he would have a nice place. It does make sense, but also Aunt May's never seen it. That means- That's the impression I get here. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Because, like, Happy welcomes them earlier. Yeah, but I think it's because they're moving in at that point because they can't stay at home because of the whole world- Right, right, right. But it seemed like Aunt May's never been there. So it just seems like Happy's slamming in other beds. Yeah. Happy's spending a lot of time in Queens- 
She is a queen. Like Kevin James. Who Marissa is, Tomei is our queen, so that checks that, out. Yeah, 100%. And we already know the king of queens is Kevin James, as I just said. Kevin Smith, that's right. Yep. <laughs> you made me double. I was like, wait, did I say Kevin Smith accidentally? <laughs> you got to check to make sure but it's the right one. Never sure. Peter successfully cures Octavius by using Stark technology to replace the broken inhibitor chip in the back of his neck. I love this so it's much. It's so good because he fights it the whole way, and then he's like, Peter for a second is like, uh-oh, I think I killed him. And then he wakes up, and he's like, oh, I'm cured, my boy. He doesn't so much say that. He says, it's quiet. It's quiet. That is a great line. It's so good. It's not a one-liner, but it's a great line that fits the scene perfectly here. Yes. Of you understand what Otto Octavius has been dealing with. Right. Those loud-ass tentacles. Four of them, and they talk, apparently. Yeah, telling them what to do all the damn time. Aren't they named after the Beatles? Am I making that up? I think you're right, but I think that's just like Sam Raimi's name for them. I okay. I don't think they're it's canonically been a while named. Since Spider-Man 2. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, it has. What was that, like episode 12 or something? something we threw in so many Spideys so quickly. And Before, Batman's. like, Wikipediaing superhero movies, we're like, holy shit, there's a lot. <laughs> we got to spread these Spider-Man out, or we're not going to have listeners after episode 17. Right, then we fucked up and did a Batman month. <laughs> that was a stupid that thing was, to do. We really, really shot our wad early on the Batmans. Yep. <laughs> we still got one in last week. We managed to. We were happy that they released one. That's why. <laughs> Peter also applies an energy siphon to Max, which will drain him of all the excess electricity in his body. But while working on a cure for Osborne, the Green Goblin persona takes over. I love this. This so is so good much. because it's so subtle. You get that thing that that Willem Dafoe does when he first transforms in every movie, where he asks a question that's just repeating whatever the last person said. But it's not even that because but I have then, to imagine that they treated this moment of Otto Octavius saying, "Like, aren't you?" going to be happy to get rid of your darker side and then i have to imagine that they pulled the scrubs here where in scrubs they used to say whatever neil says yeah for the janitor just like whatever let, neil Flynn says let willem go and this probably just said whatever willem does yeah and just go you're off the leash willem go in willem we trust we absolutely do and there's a uh, reason why he's one of the best actors of our time he's so good but the way that they use the spider sense in this scene the the peter tingle oh my god was it's just so because he immediately knows something's wrong, but he has no idea what it is. Which I think is great, because he starts wandering around this apartment, and we're in that kind of camera angle where the camera's, uh, like, strapped to his chest, but it's aimed at his face. Yes. We don't know quite what's up either. We just know that he's distressed and looking for something. He's got a real derpy Peter Tingle face. He does. But I feel like all three of them do. I agree. Well, <laughs> we'll get there. But yes, yes. And, uh, and then, of course, he realizes that it's the Green Goblin. And he webs him up. As you should. And then Goblin manipulates Electro into removing the device that Peter put on him. And Electro swaps it out for the arc reactor that's powering the Stark Fabricator, which just ends up giving him so much power. The most power. And he loves this new universe power. Oh, he, he loves it so much. Oh, this new universe. I'm yellow instead of blue. I love it. Good. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Fan servicing at work and high five to everyone involved. <laughs> this time it was 100% warranted. Absolutely. Electro blasts Octavius out of the building, and all the other villains flee while the Goblin attacks Spider-Man. And Gobby kicks Spidey's ass up and down this building. Literally. Leaving it in shambles. He, like, body slams him through floors of this building. It's insane. And I love that. So, originally, there was supposed to be uh, more to the fight scene on the bridge, and Peter was going to fight Goblin on the bridge, too. No need! There's no need! that this is actually the first time he fights him because he doesn't know what he's getting into. 
Gabi is not someone to be messed with. No. No, I mean, Peter has to stop pulling his punches here just to land something on, on the Green Goblin. It's wonderful. And it is. Oh, it's so good. In a last-ditch effort, May tries to inject the Green Goblin with the antidote, but it doesn't work. <laughs> it's unfortunate it doesn't work if for it, a lot of reasons. If it had worked, it would have been amazing. But uh, instead, the Green Goblin strikes her with the Goblin Glider and sets off some pumpkin bombs and then flees as the authorities arrive. It's not great. A lot just happened. It is, uh, it, yeah. It's, it, you feel the weight of the scene. Well, you're about to feel it even heavier. Yeah, you are, because Peter finds May in the rubble, and she tells him that despite everything that just went wrong, he was right to try to help these people. That's not the part that I care about. No. uh, The part that I care about is the line, what happened? What happened, May? (laughs) And I don't know how Aunt May didn't just say, I just got fucking aced by the Green Goblin's glider. Did you not see that (laughs) happen? Did you miss that? Did your Peter not tingle that? fucking wrecked and he's asking what happened what man? happened are you okay and she's like good for her she's like standing up and she's like giving him a, a speech about the morality of of life and then you know with great power must also come great responsibility chase down the line <laughs> save that save that energy i like that <laughs> and well you're not allowed to say those mo- those words in a spider-man movie and live. Not allowed. It's against the law, and we'll get there, but it is against the law. <laughs> so Aunt May dies in Peter's arms. Sexy corpse. Uh, I'm not going to touch that one. That's the right move. Uh, the corpse or the thought that you just had. <laughs> it's also the right move, doubling down on the, the badness. Or the goodness? or goodness. the. I mean, it's goodness. It... Well, it's badness. Touched! It's touched! That's a touch! Damn. That is a full You're blown right. touch. You're right. You got me. You, you walked me into the touch. That's right. <laughs> Come on in. The water's fine. Be a degenerate with me. Uh, Join me and Teddy. I was just going to say, that (laughs) seems like some Teddy shit. Teddy and Dave run on weirdness. (laughs) Seeing the report of a casualty on the news, MJ is worried and wants to activate the spell box automatic movie ender. (laughs) Such a good word for it. (laughs) But Ned, being Ned, is fucking around with the sling ring. And he accidentally opens a portal while wishing to see Spider-Man. Sure, it's vague as all hell. He's like, I wish I could see Spider-Man, and then he, he opens a portal, and there's Spider-Man, and Spider-Man comes through the portal, but this is not the Spider-Man we've been following this entire movie. It's not, and I want to transport you to this movie theater that you were in oh my when God. you saw this happening, because this was a big moment when this Spider-Man Huge. is so far down this alley and starts coming forward, and everyone's like... That is not the Spider-Man we're looking for. Everyone knew. <laughs> Everyone knew. These are not the Spider-Man you're looking for. But we had no idea what to expect here. We just knew there's going to be some Tom fuckery happening right now. It's all happening. Because... Or some Andrew fuckery, as the case may be. Yeah, that's very, very fair. Because when Andrew Garfield pulls off that mask and it's an Andrew Garfield. It's an Andrew fucking Garfield. He very much deserves it for this movie. You're right. Apologies to all Mondays and Garfield. <laughs> The theater I was in lost their shit. Absolutely lost their goddamn minds. These This sold-out opening night theater went bananas. And I don't know if it was because Andrew Garfield was here or the seed was planted for what was about to come. I think like it's a I healthy think, mix. I think it's a healthy mix. I think it was like a holy shit, they're fucking doing it. They're doing it. it. They're doing the thing. And Andrew Garfield showing up is so damn good because of the way that Andrew Garfield acts because... 
MJ throws bread at him. He's like, why'd <laughs> so, you do that? Why'd you do that? <laughs> Don't you have the tingle thing? And he's like, yeah, yeah but not for thing. bread. Not for bread. And she's like, prove your Spider-Man. Crawl on the ceiling. And he like, holds on to the ceiling. They're like, you got to crawl. And he's like, he's like no, this, this isn't is, enough. This is enough. This is enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And it's so exactly the Andrew Garfield from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. We have said that Andrew Garfield <sighs> was a great Spider-Man. Fantastic Spider-Man. And without the skateboarding, he would have probably been a pretty good Peter Parker. He would have been closer. <laughs> the skateboarding very much hurt it. Well, we'll get there, too, about that, because this movie does a brilliant thing with the best Peter Parker and the best Spider-Man. Fair enough. Ned tries to open another portal. Just to, This time, instead of saying, I want to see Spider-Man, he says, I want to see Peter Parker. But once again, he gets a Peter Parker that's not our Peter Parker. It's a Forbes fucking McGorbs. Absolutely, it is, and I like how they like hid his face in a shadow briefly. Like you don't know who it's going to be, but, but you're I like also how quickly like, they abandon. Ah! They're just like, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, here What's he the is. Point of hiding it, and I love that he shows up out of costume as Peter Parker because he's a great Peter Parker. He really is. The movie knew what it was doing. Yeah, it's strange how they have a whole franchise he's not and a legacy, and they figure it out. You're is that right. A strange it's, joke. That was a Doctor Strange joke. Cool. He's still in the mirror dimension. Great. That didn't land with a thud or anything, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listen, kid. Fuck, they can't all be winners. <laughs> no, they can't. <laughs> with the helpful insight of these two new interdimensional Peters, MJ and Ned find their Peter on the rooftop of Midtown High. His friends comfort him and then introduce him to the other Spider-Men, who both share their own stories of losing loved ones. Tom Holland Peter is overcome with rage and wants to exact vengeance upon the Green Goblin. But the other Peters are like, it won't help, bro. And they encourage him instead to fight in Aunt May's honor. This is a wild scene. Because it's you have the two legacy Spider-Men who kind of have an understanding of what it is to be a Spider-Man. Yeah. And you have Tom Holland, who is still learning kind of what it is to be a Spider-Man because now he's experienced the loss. Right. That seems inherent to be this character. The on-screen loss, because I'm sure he lost his, his Uncle Ben. Whoever it might have it. been. Right. Whoever it might have. You could tell me that, like, John Hamm was Uncle Ben. I'd be like, God damn it, I uh, missed that. You robbed us of, God of damn John it. Hamm, Uncle Ben? Damn it. John Hamm slamming Marissa Tomei? Wow. I don't even need the, the story that comes after that. I don't care about Spider-Man anymore. Well, we already know that John Hamm is way more into flow from Progressive. <laughs> That's true. Recently, Thank God yes. for commercials, or we yes. would never know that. But there seems to be a story set in stone for what it is to be Spider-Man. Yes. And at this point, Tom Holland, his Spider-Man, is now part of this unfortunate club. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a certain level of loss that has to happen. Basically, being Spider-Man sucks a lot. It has always sucked a lot. And it's been a core part of the character since forever. Forever. Since the beginning, it's been a the core part yeah. of the character. And that... Being a Spider-Man is not fun. It's it's a lot of loss and heartache, and they fore they forego the Uncle Ben scene in the MCU because we've seen it so many times. But then they realize that this Peter is is different because he has not experienced that loss for this audience. So they don't that he's he hasn't earned Spider-Man yet. He almost. hasn't like been initiated. Almost. Yeah, exactly. So they're like, well, we're gonna handle that. Kill uh, Marissa Tomei. <laughs> Yo, my cousin had an awful waffle done to him, and it was. 
Listen, kid, my cousin was at Camp Ottawana with Ugg, and he got awful waffled. <laughs> real fucking wicked bad. Oh, real wicked bad. <laughs> the great thing about Boston is that everybody's got a fucking cousin that did the thing, kid. <laughs> no matter what it is. Oh, yeah, my cousin did that. Everyone's got a cousin in Boston. Everybody. Everybody. Oh, he's probably Irish Catholic. Without a doubt. And he's from Southie. Oh. Or oh, he knows someone from Southie. Well, I mean, if your cousin's not from Southie, your other cousin is. Your other cousin is. Oh, uh, cousin Jerry lives in Revere. Oh, fuck it. Jerry. You get Jerry and Teddy together? Forget, Forget it. about Wait, it. Forget about it. About it. Forget about it. It's not really Boston. No, my Peter just tingled when you said forget about it. That's my inner jersey well, coming out. Well, who's going to be a forget it? But Don't say that. Don't say that. I won't. I don't like that. If you're going to say forget about it, you better include Gabagoo or something like that. Yeah, but then you're you're very far from Boston. Well, good. you're at least a, a weird plane ride from Boston. <laughs> a very <laughs> short up and down plane ride from Boston, yes. So the three Peters- Together, you know, Peter and his cousin Peter and his cousin Peter. Right. They cooperate on developing cures for the remaining villains in a cute science scene. And then, of course, you have the Ned saying, Peter, and all three look, and you're just like, didn't need to have this. Peter Parker. You know, that's still all of us. Oh, they're all saying the same thing. Get it? Because they're the same, the same person. person. Ned, you're a goddamn uh, idiot. Well, I can't believe hey, you're my best friend. Ned promises he won't turn evil and try to kill him. That's a good thing. And I like how Andrew Garfield like, puts his arm on his shoulder. Like, You're a good friend. <laughs> so good. And Tom Holland's like, uh, okay. I like the way that they're balancing out these three Spider-Men. Yeah. Because this is obviously Tom Holland's movie. He is the Spider-Man in the title. Right. I like how Tobey Maguire is there to kind of anchor the franchise. But I think that Andrew Garfield is the go-between. Yes. And I think he is playing it beautifully so being well. the best actor of the bunch yeah i think that it, you gave him the best responsibility and uh, to carry this damn it if he doesn't redeem everything from those amazing spider-man movies and we'll get there we will get there he has the most heartbreaking oh. performance that there is andrew garfield I, I is putting on there. an absolute fucking clinic in this movie a hundred percent so once they've developed their cures for their, their various villains, they lure the villains to the Statue of Liberty, which, of course, is undergoing a makeover to include Captain America's shield. Sure. Who needs a torch in it's, history when you could uh, just throw a shield it's on? It's the MCU. All right. Maybe that's what the Confederates should have done. Throw a shield on <laughs> Robert E. Lee or something. Look, it's not Robert E. Lee. It's fucking Captain America. <laughs> I don't remember Cap having that beard. You see, Fort Sumter, he's got a Deadpool mask now. <laughs> we threw it on there because it's funny and relatable. I can't remember if we're in the north or the south now. I don't actually know where the Mason-Dixon line is. Oh, I do. But it, it feels like it's, like, moved. That's why. Like, it feels like it's an ever-moving <laughs> it yeah, thing it's... depending on racism. <laughs> it's like Columbus. No, it's not. <laughs> it's just a Monday uh, that they every. They just shift they it? They shift it. It's like. It's like Easter, but the Mason-Dixon lines, oh, what year is it? Yeah, it's at this latitude. No, it's between Delaware and Maryland. All right, so Virginia, you're mostly Southern. Mostly. Mostly. But during the fall, you have to be extremely Southern. I can't footballs. believe Maryland is considered the South. That, that doesn't <laughs> no check out for me. Why? Uh, Maryland, uh. crab cakes and football, not. And <laughs> Southernness, it's what we do. Yeah, hey, you all come down here to Maryland. My brother went to University of Maryland, mm -hmm. and I got punched pretty hard in the the arm. Like a, it wasn't like one of those friendly punches. Like I yo, yeah, I you. Uh, it's one of my favorite jokes I've ever told because I went to tailgate with them, 
Uh, it was Maryland versus Clemson. There was no fucking chance for Maryland. <laughs> None at College Park. And my joke was, who's the best Maryland basketball player under six feet? <laughs> Lenny Bias. <laughs> because he died. Because he died. <laughs> under six feet. Oh, my God. It didn't go over well. <laughs> like on campus. Yeah. In front of the dorm where he died. No, that's- It that's... didn't go well. I'm... It didn't go well. They don't have a sense of humor in Maryland. Yeah, well, that checks out. Crab cakes, football, not. And being Southern, <laughs> not a sense of humor. That's what Maryland does. We do four things here in Maryland. <laughs> That's it. And, well, we do three, and, and we don't do Two of one. them we do well. <laughs> Crab cakes and one of the other ones. I don't remember already. Whatever was third on your list, Dave. Oh, not, not sense of humor. We're really good at not sensing humor. Having sense of, you know, words. Yep, we're bad at words, too. Bad at words. Well, that's just me. That might be a Virginia thing now. It could be. <laughs> I brought it with me. That's right. Assuredly, you did. Ass- assuredly. Ned and MJ protect the physical manifestation of a spell inside a magic box MacGuffin as the Spider-Men battle their enemies together. Tom Holland Spider-Man, having worked on a team before with the Avengers, takes the lead as Peter One. And he dubs Forbes McGorbs as Peter 2, and Andrew Garfield as Peter 3. That seems like the appropriate ranking. It does. For this movie, at For least. this movie. Because Tom Holland has to be one. Because my movie. It's his movie. And he was an Avenger. Like, I've led a team, so I gotta be one. Well, I love really Forbes McGorbs, Tobey Maguire's reaction to, oh, cool, the Avengers. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. It's so much fun the way these three banter with each other. It's like, oh, yeah, I fought an alien goo once. Oh, I can't believe you went to space. I fought an alien. He was purple. And I fought him on Earth and in space. And, and Andrew Garfield's like, oh, I never fought an alien. I just fought a Russian guy in a rhino costume. Well, I also love how they finally address Tobey Maguire being able to shoot webs yes. out of his body. And they're like, is it just the wrists? We might get there. The horniest scene of the movie. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. The plan is to engage and cure the villains one by one, starting with Sandman. Because, you know, he gets big and he's hard to avoid. It's fair. It makes sense. So they cure Flint Marco and move on to the lizard. Oh, yeah, we're burning through it. The lizard, of course, is chasing MJ and Ned throughout the Statue of Liberty because they couldn't get the portal closed again because Ned is not good at the thing that he just learned to do. Right. Well, he, he heard that in his family. They have magic. Like, deep in the past, he's like, I feel a tingling in my hands. Yeah. And then he could do the sling ring, which is very impressive. But it bothered me a little bit how he doesn't put his hand down at all while he's trying to close this portal. Right. Like, maybe just hang up the phone or yeah. something have like you, that. Have you tried just trying to close it? <laughs> so you're just, like, looking at it. You don't look like you're trying to close it. But they're being chased through the Statue of Liberty, and the lizard's trying to get a hold of that MacGuffin because he wants to destroy it. Sure, as he should. None of them want to get sent home to their death. Right. As Tom Holland's Spider-Man is curing Kurt Connors... Ned opens a portal to Doctor Strange. That's the right move. It is. He didn't do it on purpose. It doesn't change the fact that it's the right move. But it is. Doctor Strange is back. He's like, I've just been hanging over the Grand Canyon for the last... Did you call it the Grand Canyon? The Grand Canyon. Did he get drafted by the NBA? Because uh, that sounds like an NBA name. Like straight it, out of it could also be a Confederate wearing uh, an MCU costume. <laughs> Grant Canyon, General Grant Canyon. <laughs> now he's got a cool shield, and it's not racist anymore. It's still totally fucking it's racist. Pretty racist. <laughs> uh, he's been dangling over the Grand Canyon for some odd hours. I don't remember the number. Twelve. Twelve. Which doesn't seem like a lot. I mean, like, to be to look at something that beautiful for twelve hours, one of America's greatest treasures. That seems like a gift. I feel like after an hour, you're like, this is all right. It's a 
It's a gorge. It is a gorge. It's a gorgeous gorge, but a gorge nonetheless. It's a gorge nonetheless. You're right. <laughs> I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Me either. And I would love to see it. I've never been to the Grant Canyon either. But, well, <laughs> he hasn't gotten drafted yet. <laughs> uh, I feel like the Grand Canyon is one of those things that I would look at and I'd be like, neat. Check. That's exactly like, it. You know what? It's in my Mount Rushmore of monuments I would look at briefly and then move on with my life. I'm Which not going to go to South Dakota. The I Mount Rush. No reason to go to fucking South Dakota. <laughs> it's like, okay, saw it. Check. Moving on. There's no reason. There's no reason to go to Mount Rushmore. Unless it's just to say, like, hey, I, I went there once. Oh, cool. I respect you so much more than I did previously. <laughs> wow. Wow. I've, you've completely changed my opinion. It's about a lot you. like those cars that you see, like this car climb Mount Washington. You're like, you didn't. No, it's also, it's a fucking road. It's a road that goes up a mountain. <laughs> Trust me, I've done it too. I have the bumper sticker to prove it, but it's not on my car because I'm not an asshole. It's like Larry David. There's only uh, two types of people who wear sunglasses indoors, or three types of assholes. I don't know. Assholes wear sunglasses indoors. Is and blind people. And I think blind we're, people we're the other is ones. it, but then people yeah. who also have a, 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 this car climb Mount Washington bumper sticker. <laughs> hey, my cousin climbed mount washington but not in his fucking car he walked up it on his own legs but he, he was still on the road <laughs> still counts <laughs> but he was fueled by duncan that's right teddy runs on duncan <laughs> dr strange is pissed he seizes control of the spell in a box but peter mj and it's Ned... a spell in a box exactly spell in a box baby step one Cut a hole in the box. <laughs> Step two, you put your spell you in that box. You put your spell in that box. <laughs> it's my spell in that box. Peter, MJ, and Ned show him that Peter's plan is working. And he's like, I'll be damned. Still going to send these fuckers home. Now. As he should. As he should. Everybody, somehow everybody in this movie is right. And that's somehow. Amazing. That's how you earn almost two Billy. Yeah, in the is. box office. So the three Spideys attack Electro, but with the arc reactor, he's just too strong. Doc Ock shows up and he grabs the Spider-Man with his tentacles. And you're like, oh, no, the, the inhibitor chip still didn't work. But it's a bluff. Doc Ock is still a good guy. He turns on Electro, replaces the arc reactor with the power siphon, curing Max. I love this redemption. So good. So much. Because Doc Ock was a legit good dude in yes. Spider-Man 2 before the inhibitor chip broke. And right. he became a very bad dude. But then at the end, also, he kind of came to an understanding of... The whole entire world's about to fucking blow up because I tried to have the sun, the power of the sun, the in the palm of my, my hands, hands, right? And then he took it underneath the water with him and died. Yeah. Curiously, uh, we never see Otto return the arc reactor to anybody. Yeah, that is curious. Maybe we'll get there one day. It's very interesting to me that he's just like, oh, the power of sun in my hand, and then uh, we never see it again. That's it. Maybe they're in science. I don't know. Hey, you know what? If you're going to save the day for the Spider-Man, keep the arc reactor, I guess. I agree. And you know what? If Happy has to go to jail over it, so what? I don't give a shit anymore <laughs> about Happy. He's done. He's done. The Green Goblin shows up, and he grabs the MacGuffin. Doc Ock and Strange retrieve it. It's got a pumpkin bomb inside. Not great. Not what you want. The bomb goes off. The box blows up, and the spell is set free, and the multiverse cracks open, and these infinite Spider-Man villains start trying to break through. So Doctor Strange has to stand on top of the Statue of Liberty, waving his arms wildly, trying to contain the dimensional rifts. This would have been a beautiful spot for Jonathan Majors. Oh, absolutely. Just to even, like, poke through a little Just a little bit, bit. yeah. Because think about where we are right now within the MCU. We're in phase... Four still. 
somehow. Jonathan Majors got introduced as not Kang. No, uh, but he definitely who remains. Kang. Not Kang, but definitely Kang. Yeah, Kang adjacent. And has not come back since. And it's been almost two years. Has it been? It hasn't been that long. Yeah, it has. When did Loki come out? I don't know. In, infinity times ago. It feels like forever. I since think Loki's it was 2021. That was a long time ago. It was when it came like... out in 2021. But <laughs> it seems like they're not building towards the Kang thing quite yet. This would have been well, a very good yeah, time to it like, would have been a good time to just lay a tiny bit of groundwork and yeah. just show him. It doesn't have to do anything with it. Just show him right. just, a little just bit. Just let us know that he's there and, and lurking. Okay. But just at the same lurking. time, uh we're early on in the phase. We're still building. And you know, fucking wait for February. No, I'll get with you. Did you see that <laughs> that uh Jonathan Majors did a photo shoot recently? Um I did not see that he did a photo shoot, but I did see recent photos of him. It was probably from that photo shoot where he's ripped out he of his is goddamn fucking mind. Absolutely jacked. I want to say Paul Rudd shared a picture from the photo shoot and said, oh, the Avengers are fucked. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> where I was going with it because the Avengers are completely fucked. Uh, yeah, this dude fucks. Not only is he a good actor, but he's ripped. Just straight up fucking yoked. Yeah, yeah. No joke. He was, they were like, hey, want to do a Marvel? And he was like, oh, let me just double my body size. And then quick. he did. And then he did just that. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to do. Yeah. Oh, I can't Because wait. his thing in Loki that he did was just masterful. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. One episode worth. And you had no idea what direction he was going in. And, and there's a Beautiful. trend right now in the, in the MCU TV shows to be like, hey, let's save all the good stuff for the last episode. But damn it. It's working. It is working. It's very much working. Go see She-Hulk. It's very good. Yes. Watch She-Hulk. I think it's my second favorite series finale so far. After what? Loki. Fair enough. <laughs> That's fair. I uh, I think it's my favorite. It's. I mean, it's up Because there. of story more than anything. Yes. I feel like it's important for the character. What, what happened. And if you don't think that's right. You're part of the problem. And, <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. And the show will tell you such. The show will very much tell you that. I really think She-Hulk is... It's so well done. If it's done. not number one on what they've done, it's 1A in my mind. Have you watched Werewolf by Night yet? Not yet. You, you have to. It's, it's very good. Another consequence of Norman's pumpkin bomb is that the Statue of Liberty has started to break apart, and now MJ is falling. We've seen this before. We sure have. Tom Holland Peter tries to rescue her, but he gets hit by the goblin. He already doesn't like that guy. No. So Andrew Garfield Peter jumps down and in this in the theaters I remember this scene being so much longer than it I was I do too I was like wow they really milked that when we when I watched it in the theaters but it was just I think pure adrenaline yeah because watching it at home I was like oh that was quick but still lands so hard it because it lands ridiculously hard Andrew Garfield catches her rescues her it's so emotional well I love how he asks are you okay and she says yeah are you? Are you? Yeah. It's... And he's got the tears because he finally like redeemed himself. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. It's he didn't huge. get to it's save so good. Gwen Stacy, and he finally got to save somebody in this exact same way. This is so massive for Andrew Garfield's character. Big time. Everyone's getting their moment. Yeah. I just got chills again. That's like third hand chills from this is scene. Is that how it works? All right. <laughs> it's like, I got chills when I watched it. Now I'm getting chills from Dave talking about watching it. That would be third hand chills, I think. There you go. Tom Holland Peter starts mercilessly beating the piss out of the Green Goblin. 
as you should. And the goblin fucking loves it. He's having a great time. He's like, that a boy, Peter. I love how Willem Dafoe was taking it at first. He's actually getting his ass kicked. And then when you realize, like, fuck this guy, he starts smiling. Yeah. As he's getting oh. punched. And my fucking God, God Damn, Willem Dafoe. he's so good. He's so good. This is like almost ledger levels of good. Truthfully? I think it surpasses it because it's a different tone yeah. entirely. Oh, big time. But it has that it has that same menacing lunatic vibe like you don't know what this guy's end game really is. You don't know what the end game is, but you know the character enough. Yeah. Because you've seen him so Well, you haven't. You've seen him in one movie. You see Well, he's been in all three of yeah. the original Spider-Mans, but he was more of like a flashback in, right. in 2 and 3. We understand the character enough to know that now at this point he's so unhinged. Right. I feel like they kind of changed the Norman Osborn character a little bit, though. I feel like you had to, though. Uh, agreed. Because also this Norman Osborn is a ghost. He did die. Well, here's the thing, though. The moment they were all pulled from their universes, he was alive. Correct. I mean, the person calling him a ghost, also a ghost. Also correct. I didn't put that together. So. But then Forbes McGorbs, seeing them, should have been like even more shocked. Because he watched them both die. Right. I wonder if this, huh. I wonder if, if Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were also pulled into the dimension right before their own deaths. That's a great question. And I don't know. Huh. A lot of weird questions here. Yeah. That I was not willing to ask. Finish the movie. Okay. Before yeah, that's, we that's get so. deeper into this now existential crisis that we're falling <laughs> into. Peter's just about to murk Goblin with his own glider when Forbes McGorbs intervenes. And naturally, Gobby stabs him in the back for it. As he should. It's like, oh, you yes. saved my life. Stab. And you're like, oh, no, they're going to kill Peter. And they're like, no, we're not. We're totally no, not. He's going to give it a fine. second. Holland Parker injects Goblin with the cure, restoring him to the original regretful Osborne. That's so sad, though. He has no idea what he's done, too. He's just like, oh, God, what did I do? That's the worst part about it. It's, uh, it's heartbreaking it is heartbreaking because a second ago i was like yeah kill him and then i was like oh no he's no 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 don't don't kill, him, don't kill him don't kill him don't kill him tom holland peter goes to strange who's barely holding the universe together and says do the original spell make everyone forget me that'll fix this right but like everyone forget me peter parker yeah and strange is like everyone yeah it'll work but fuck kid it's a big ask it's the ultimate sacrifice it, really. it, it is it's everybody will forget who you are and Strange is like, it's the only move we have, though. And Strange is, like, heartbroken he by He is. It. He feels terrible that it's come to this, but he's like, here we are. Better go get to saying your goodbyes. You do not have much time. So, to which he takes his time saying goodbyes. <laughs> well, I think Strange holds the spell while he says his goodbyes. What a guy. So as Strange is performing the spell, Peter thanks the other Spider-Men for their help, and it is such a meta scene of... Tom Holland thanking Andrew Garfield and Tobes McGobes for the work they put into this character. And it's just, it's a touching scene. It is. And they have that big hug at the yeah. end and it works. And and then, of course, Andrew Garfield cracks a joke and it's perfect. It really, just everything lands. Yeah, everything <laughs> works here. This is great. You're in a lot of pain, huh? I love Tobey Maguire. So Tobey Maguire is great. He's very stiff acting wise in this movie. But I think it really works because he wasn't not stiff when he was doing the Spider-Man role. Exactly. But now he's like a wiser and older Peter Parker. So right. He's like, yeah, fuck it. It's, I, I mean, I know what I can do. I know what I can't do. The stiffness of wisdom. 
It's, that's well, what they call it. Careful, because Doctor Strange will start pulling out those mini portals again. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Gross. Peter then breaks the news to MJ and Ned that they're going to forget him. And he said, but don't worry about it. I'm going to find you. I'm going to tell you everything. And they're like, you better. And then Zendaya acts. Zendaya? Uh, Zendaya, yeah. I she... forget that she, her name. I can't ever get it right. It's she acts real hard, though, which does a great job. She is phenomenal. And, you know, she and Peter profess their love for each other. And then he's like, all right, you'll never remember who I am. Bye! Some time passes. Peter wants to reintroduce himself to MJ and Ned. But this is like after Spider-Man like swings off the Statue of Liberty. And <laughs> right. like oh, Doctor Strange almost gives him like a head start. Yeah, Doctor Strange is like, all right, cool. Uh, it's going to be hard to explain if they don't know who you are and you're still here. So get the fuck out of here, kid. Well, <laughs> we're going to get there in a second because... No, fuck it. We'll get there now. Let's get it. Is time passes. There's a diner. Yeah. And Ned goes and visits MJ at this diner because that's where she works. They've both gotten into MIT. They did it. They finally made it. How are they not questioning why they were at the destroyed Statue of Liberty? That's a great, like when they were that's found? A great question. It's a fantastic question. Maybe they were like, ah, oh, we got caught up in that whole Spider-Man fiasco somehow. Maybe we were visiting the Statue of Liberty. This, this spell has a lot of questions attached to it. It does have a lot of questions attached to it. You're not supposed to ask. Right. But here, we have to ask them because that's, we're professionals. It's our jobs. We're asking the hard-hitting ones in the last episode. That's right. Like, where was Teddy at that diner? We have no idea. Does Teddy even, did he ever meet Peter Parker to start? And now, obviously, he's a member. Well, I mean, but do we know if he, who could know, know for sure? We have no idea. Teddy walks into that diner and goes, This coffee sucks. Where's your dunks? I need my regular extra, extra. <laughs> you can't have a regular extra, extra. That's, you can't do it. That's, that's two different orders. It doesn't make sense. Peter wants to reintroduce himself to MJ and Ned in this diner. But he can't bring himself to do it because he knows that his friendship will only put them in further danger. Not even that. He recognizes they don't have a fucking clue who he is. They have no idea. And MJ still has a, a bandage on her head from when she got hurt. At the so it Statue definitely happened. Everything definitely happened. Everything happened. And Peter's like, oh, you're hurt? And she's like, yeah, but I don't really feel it anymore. And that's Ouch. the moment where he's like, oh, I can't bring these guys back into this. Nope. Cannot put them do it. in harm's way. Can't do it. So he leaves without introducing himself. And the thing that kills me about this scene, MJ is still wearing the Black Dahlia necklace from Far From Home. It's a very good touch. Oh, subtle, but powerful. It is. Peter goes and visits Aunt May's grave, and Happy shows up, and I have so many questions about their interaction, because... Uh, yeah, that's the right move. <laughs> it's wild, because you have Happy saying, like, how do you know her? And it's just through Spider-Man. But obviously, Happy knows. Yeah, and Happy's like, oh yeah, same. Spider Man too. So it's like, um. Oh, but you two have never run into this each is other before. Strange, like you know, Spider Man exists, and you work with Spider Man presumably, but you don't know who Spider Man is. I don't know how any of this works. It's uh, all very confusing. One of those things you're not supposed to question, right? But basically, Happy questions whether whether Aunt May's legacy will carry on, and Peter assures him that it will. There you go, closure ish, kind of. So Peter goes and gets a crappy apartment, sews himself a new suit, and swings oh, out. Man, how good is that, though? This is the Peter Parker character. Finally. Finally getting a crappy apartment, sewing his own suit, and this is the going out the window for. to just be a fucking Spider-Man. And swing around the streets of New York. How beautiful of an ending is that? It's perfect, and so is this suit. It is, and this is a true Tom Holland becoming yes. Spider-Man that we've all now grown to love. Yeah. 
after after he's appeared in six movies, count them. He's he finally, finally Spider Man. Maybe Thor can take some <laughs> lessons from him about getting to know yourself. Thor still, after however many movies he's been in, does not know who he, he has is. No idea. And that is almost Spider Man. No way home. Almost. There's a mid credit scene. Eddie Brock after his adventures at the end post credit scene of of the Carnage movie. He is sitting at this tiki bar talking with the bartender about other superhumans in the universe. The bartender, played, of course, by the guy who says football is life. That's right. In Ted Lasso, he is whatever his name Ted is. of Ted Lasso fame. And, you know, they're talking about the blip. They're talking about Thanos. They're talking about all this stuff. And Eddie Brock's like, uh, aliens don't like stones. They like brains. Not wrong. And then he is suddenly transported back to his own universe by Strange's spell without paying his tab. <laughs> leaving behind a small little piece of symbiote. That's right. It is a beautiful touch to end oh. this beautiful film. And that is Spider-Man No Way Home. John fucking Watts. From 2021, directed by John fucking Watts. I typically don't like movies that manipulate. Same. But no movie is ever manipulated in a way that this has. Because this does cash in on the nostalgia factor. Big time. But it does it in an appropriate way to tell this story. Yeah. <laughs> and it is so targeted to, I don't know, exactly our demographic. It might be to just our demographic. I don't know because you have now three generations of Spider-Man. Yes. We grew up with Tobey Maguire having his three movies. And I shouldn't say grew up. We were already we were fully in, functional We were in high school people. when these movies came out. Well, the first two. But then you have Andrew Garfield, who had a place. For sure. Yeah. And those movies did very well. Yeah. Then obviously Tom Holland came around. He was MCU. He got the gift that keeps on giving. Right. They managed to capture 20 years of Spider-Man in these movies and make it work to tell this story. It's wild. It is completely wild. <laughs> we should mention in the closing credits, they did have a special thank you note to Avi Arad. Hofstra alumni with me. Yeah. Him. Which yeah. which I know is is a controversial thank you note, but Yes it is. He is very responsible for the the beginnings of this character in film. He very much and TV. is one of the most responsible. I mean, he and Kevin Feige both worked on the 90s TV show. Yes, they did. This movie is a borderline masterpiece in Look. the way that it's done because yeah, Kevin Smith gotten a shitload of I'm not going to say trouble, but he got a shitload of heat for saying this is one of the 10 best movies of last year, should have been nominated for Best Picture. He did get a lot of shit for that. It was a ridiculous statement. <laughs> it was pretty insane. But- But is it wrong? I, you know, for a certain demographic of people, this for movie- For a large demographic of, people, demographic of people. This is for, a $2 billion movie. That's a large demographic yes, of people. Yes. That's a lot of people who saw this movie a lot of times. This is one of the most important movies- that Marvel's ever made. Is it the best Marvel movie ever made? Maybe. <laughs> I think maybe is the right answer. Is it the best Spider-Man movie ever made? Maybe. Maybe also. Is it the hold, best on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold <laughs> on. I want to address that actually because I can't leave it on a maybe. Is it the best Spider-Man movie ever made? I don't think it is. <sighs> it's tough because- Spider-Man 2 exists, I know. Spider-Man 2 and Into the Spider-Verse both exist. Shit. Let's all- I would love to call it a three-way tie. Let's pump the brakes. Let's address this in a little bit. You know what? We've given scores to two of those movies already, so. We have. We know where they stand. This is a phenomenal movie. It's so good. And it leans on nostalgia 
in a non-manipulative way. In an appropriate way. That it, that actually serves the characters it's using to manipulate you. <laughs> and it goes into the past to get retribution and redemption yeah. for the characters. Except and for I think Sandman. It, like, their story's not done. <laughs> Which is just so good. You know, Sandman and and the lizard kind of got yeah, the got short shafted. end of the stick. But well, uh, in the words of George Washington, probably fuck them. Fuck them. That you know what? I remember when Washington said that. <laughs> I don't know. He is a famously a Bostonian, or at He's least not. has a He's cousin who's one. Uh, Virginian. Thank you. Yeah, of you course, should he know is. that by now. I do know that, but. Teddy doesn't. Teddy has no idea. <laughs> Teddy thinks every historical Teddy, figure is from Boston. Teddy dropped out of. Uh, high school when he was in fourth grade, which is not when high school happens. That you know what though? It sounds like very. It's a very Teddy story. It's the most Teddy thing that's ever happened. <laughs> Speaking of Teddy things, Rotten Tomatoes one one hundred. What are you thinking? Ninety five. Ninety three. Ooh. Audience score is ninety eight percent. Oh fuck yeah! It's a big boy movie all around. Roger Ebert did not see this. Said I'm too big of a fan of the Tobey Maguire movies to even bother. <laughs> But Oliver Jones from The Observer did see this, and he said, A film destined to be enthusiastically embraced by both old-school web-slinger junkies and fans of the multi-film corporate franchise in which he is currently ensnared. Oh, 100%. This is this is a crowd pleaser on every level. But also a corporate pleaser on every level. Oh, I mean, who could be upset with that kind of money? <laughs> you can't be upset. And it sucks because <laughs> when you think about any one of these characters, especially Spider-Man, let's focus on Spider-Man, you know the contract situation as a right, fan, which right, is which kind is, of fucked. It is kind of fucked. Yeah, there's something to be said about Marvel Studios and Sony going, okay, we're splitting profits on this. What can we do to make sure we both make a billion? They're going to have no problem making a billion. And they went and did it. Rafer Guzman from Newsday says, Short on story, long on insider humor. This spidey entry marks a sudden drop off in quality. Fuck off. Thank you, Teddy. (laughs) And David Sims from The Atlantic. You can listen to him on his podcast, Blank Check with Griffin and David. He says, it's a hectic series of plot twists and deus ex machinas that <laughs> overturns an entire bucket of action figures and smashes them all together with delight. <laughs> the film might be a new nadir of cinema, but it's also an undeniably watchable good time. Absolutely. And that is 100% what I look for in a movie. I want to have a good time. Exactly. It's that why is- we here have always focused on Celebrate the bad, tear down the good. Exactly. There's always a middle ground. No movie's perfect. No movie's complete shit. Very well said. Hey, it took me 192 episodes, but I finally did it. <laughs> we finally have our byline for our boilerplate podcast description. It's about time. <laughs> our good friends on Letterboxd had quite a bit to say about this movie. Oh, imagine they did. From December 16th, 2021, my theater started hooting and hollering and going ape shit when Tom Holland showed up. Absolutely no one was expecting him to cameo in this. <laughs> oh, that's very good. It is very good. It's very appropriate because, <laughs> yeah, he kind of seems like the odd man out for his own movie. Also from December 16th, 2021, imagine how cool this would have been if the internet wasn't the way it is. <laughs> oh, for real. Everything in this movie got spoiled. Andrew Garfield is doing press for other movies and has to just keep denying that leaked sh- pictures from this set are not real. It's hard to do. And then Marvel 
gives everyone like 24 hours to watch a movie at this point. Oh, yeah. And then they're just like, fuck it, burn it down. Like we're doing here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's like, all right. They saw it yesterday. Oh, it's out today. I don't care. Burn it down. Put down the Doesn't end matter. of the movie on, on Twitter. It's exactly what they did. Also from December 16, 2021, you know, I'm something of a Spider-Man fan myself. I love that they brought the line back. How beautiful is that? Ugh. That really is a Spider-Man fan. And I appreciate that. From January 15th, 2022, I love how everyone in this is giving a standard MCU performance while Willem Dafoe is acting like he's still on the set of The Lighthouse. <laughs> There's something about that evil smile that There's did feel kind of lighthousey. He's worried about spilling the beans or whatever he's doing. <laughs> Lighthouse is a great movie. It is batshit crazy. It sure is. Again from December 16, 2021, not to spoil, but he actually found his way home multiple times throughout this thing. Real <laughs> shit film. Um, Did he, though? He sure did. He found multiple homes. Oh, okay. I guess. I, I suppose. Guess if you count Happy's home as his home. It eventually became his home. Because he, he literally couldn't go home at the end of this movie. He got home he didn't at the have beginning a home. of it. There wasn't no way to it. He could have gone any time. I mean, yes. There's he, just been helicopters right. and press and whatnot. He did go home at the beginning of the movie until bricks started flying through his windows and they said, we can't live here anymore. Right. He found his way home. But he could have gone home any time. Uh, yeah, but now he can't because nobody knows who he is. Well, now he could do it So now he has a new home. If he wanted to. He could have just moved into Aunt May's old place. She's not using it anymore. That's true, but I don't think he could afford it. Fair enough. Because he definitely didn't get an inheritance. Not wrong. And the last one I have is from December 14th, 2021. Do you all remember that scene in Ratatouille where Anton Ego ate Ratatouille and was transported back to his younger self? Ugh. That was me. Except replace Ratatouille with Willem Dafoe tearing shit up. <laughs> yes. Yes. And on that note, how about we give this thing a super stuffed score? Let's do that. But first... And now for another edition of the Cape Podcast's Theater! <laughs> I went full fucking hog with that one. You sure did. You leaned in. I had to. It's the last one, man. Dave, I'm going to need you to read this out loud right now. What Brian is passing me is a Keaton Patty tweet. Yes. And it says... I forced a bot to listen to over 1,000 hours of the Cape Podcasters and then asked it to write a Cape Podcasters episode of its own. Here are the first five pages. Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> what did you do? Uh, okay, so this- What did you do? This tweet is what not- What did you do? This tweet's not real. I understand it's not real. What did you do? I, I pulled a Keaton Patty. First, I photoshopped a tweet. And then- I forced a bot to listen to a thousand hours of Kate Podcasters. There might be a thousand hours of Kate Podcasters. There actually might be. I, I have never done the math. Don't. I'm sure that some freak like Derek Ives or Vincent Masafra <laughs> Somebody will. would be like, I'll do the math. Right. I'll do the monster math. What? What? It's spooky season. <laughs> Handing five you five pages, pages right now. And uh, you play Dave. Fucking Spoiler Jesus. alert. <laughs> Uh, don't read ahead, because I'm this not. is going to be fun. I, I'm not reading ahead, I promise you that. You play Dave. That seems like... The, I kind of wish we did a switcheroo here, but um, <laughs> we realize it doesn't work. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it works, but this one's a little particular. Fair enough, I've never been more terrified in my life. 
The Cape Podcasters. Interior, a fort that has serious pod attitude. <laughs> All right. Dave, an angry boy who has allegedly, quote, worked in the industry, <laughs> sits at a table with Brian, who is much more charming and likable. Not wrong. They shout into their microphones, addressing nobody in particular. Hello, citizens. I'm the first guy. And I'm the second one. And we are the Draped Codmasters. <laughs> and this is a show that goops its Ebert and frigids its MacGuffin. McFucking Guffin. Dave allows the interruption, but he's already silently dreading editing the episode. Apologies to all the egg MacGuffins. <laughs> we get into it. Let's. We start out with the movie. It has that guy in it. Dave has come prepared with a jokey joke about this exact thing. Do you think that this guy does a thing? Oh, definitely. In fact, I have trivial information from the database of such things. Dave is visibly irritated. This brings Brian joy. Already? Yep. Did you know that an actor in this movie is in another movie that features a cameo from yet another actor in this movie? It's true. Speaking of cameos... A sparkly hole to an alternate basement opens in the pod of fortitude. A spooky skeleton with red hair and no soul shambles through the dimensional rift. Chips ahoy! Tis I, the ginger skull, cowards, and I'm here to talk about cinema cats. Nope! Dave points the ginger skull back into the portal. He leaves, dejected. The portal closes, and another opens in its place. This is going to be an editing nightmare. Out of the spinning strange hole emerges Chuan. Yo, let's go, boys. He, he said, said the secret word! word! I can't believe he said it in unison. Uh, you know what? Never mind. Chon hurries back into the portal. Four more portals open simultaneously, revealing Kyle, Ryan, the number one superfan sidekick Steven, and Captain Spoiler, Micah. Oh, hey, Kate Podcasters. What do you think about 192 episodes and a movie, right? Someone green like that. It would be the greatest movie never made. Hey, it's Kyle from the Stay in One Place and Kill the Same Enemy over and over until you level up podcast. In this universe, I directed The Last Jedi, and even I think the Ryan Johnson version is better. What's up, Kate Podcasters? This is Steven, the only number one sidekick superfan. Just wanted to let you know, things are better in blue, X-Men don't suck, and of course, Mogadishu! Aunt May, Dumbledore, Jack Dawson, Tony Stark, Mufasa, Spock, Marion Crane, Casey Becker, Obi-Wan. What do they all have in common? They all die. Fuck you! Dave is now furious. <laughs> he stands up and stomps around the room. No! I'm not editing all this! Everybody go back to your own dimensions! The Benedict Cumber hatches shut. The porch mess of body dudes is silent once more. You good? Absolutely not! Roger Ebert didn't see this movie! <laughs> the corpse of Roger Ebert sits in the corner. He watches Ouija boards now instead of movies. But our monster friends on Amazon Alphabet Box did, from a specific date that doesn't matter, had to happen in my collection. The main reason for the star subtraction is the Amazon, not the movie. I just wish that Amazon would let me custom arrange my video library instead of only offering by date purchased by alphabetic order. I would prefer to arrange my genre episode number franchise so that I could 
group my movies together instead of having a hodgepodge to sort through. Oh, it's nice to see that Amazine guy is still in his prime. You proud of yourself? Brian is proud of himself, but he acts like he's not. Dave slams his fist on the table. This is probably a Walk Hard reference. Can we just give this Oreo double stuff score? Yeah, but first... No, 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 no! We're not doing theaterception. <laughs> Dave has literally never been this angry before in his life. Brian is in actual danger. Okay, okay. Story and motivation. The story storied, the motivation motivated, all over the screen. The Buffalo Traced won. Music. Lenny fucking dwarf. <laughs> Wait, are we really going through an entire score for your fake script bullshit? Suddenly, the court pest of Naughty Mood only has three walls. Dave has destroyed the fourth one. This is the worst offense imaginable. In retaliation, Brian looks directly at you, dear listener, and winks. We'll get there. They won't. <laughs> that is a thing of beauty. Ah, you captured 192 episodes brilliantly. And it only took five times as much real estate as Keaton Patty uses. <laughs> That's very, 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 very fair. Now I think we can give this thing a super stuff score. Story and motivation. I have no idea because the story is Peter Parker doesn't want anyone to know who he is. He doesn't want people to know that he's right. Spider-Man. Right. But then he does it in the most... Silly way possible? He wants to protect his identity, but mostly for the sake of his friends and his family. Um, but that's also the reason he wants to hide his identity to start. Right. But, I mean, everybody knows who he is, and no one really gives a damn about his family and friends. They just want to no, they're, TMZ him. They're basically, yeah, they're TMZing him. Um, it's only a matter of time before that changes into something else, but in this movie, in this instance, that's not on the table. So that's not... It's interesting, because he does go to Doctor Strange for the sake of MJ and Ned. Right, but it's also very calm with the cameras when he goes to Doctor Strange. <laughs> like, you have that moment in the apartment where you're at, like, DEFCON 5, yeah. where helicopters are out there, he's in his underwear, looking out the window, whatever it is. But when he actually goes to Doctor Strange, you don't feel that urgency no, as he's much not being No, he's not being accosted on the street when he's on in front of the Sanctum Sanctorum. 0.75. 0.75. I like it. <laughs> He wants to get his identity secret again, and then shenanigans ensue. Exactly. Hero. It's Spider-fucking-Man. It's Spider-Men. That's a good point. Uh, Full-blown one. And Brian is hesitant, and that means he wants to go higher. I want to go a little higher. Okay, full-blown two. I want to go a little... I want to go one for each spider... No, I'm kidding. No, two is no, good. no, two I will good. not allow it. <laughs> <laughs> Villains. Full-blown two. I mean, like... <laughs> To be right, Li literally say what you want about all of the villains. Willem Dafoe alone gets a one without a doubt, but then also, and then you add Otto Octavius, Alfred gets at least Molina a is back. yeah, and then, yeah, and, and then redemption for Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx is a way better performance here than he did in his own movie, and yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a two for the villains. These villains are excellent, and the real stakes are also the multiverse itself imploding but upon this. Barely. But barely. But barely. It's, it's really Norman Osborn is fucking shit up. Yep. Two. Parents. We have an adjacent or parent on screen. Oh, boy. All right, that's a wrench if I've ever seen one. Man, this one could go either way. Teamwork. One. Done. <laughs> Perfect. Also, his parental figure dies on screen. 
Yeah, so, but one fuck, for teamwork. But fuck it, I like this movie. Uh, yeah, one, uh, one. And when I get the highest score possible, one. I say one, regardless of if it's parents or teamwork. Done. Female characters. Aunt May. Aunt May. MJ. MJ. That's it. Yep. Point seven five. Point seven five. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know why. It's because the hesitancy that we had of trying to think of someone else, it kind of didn't yeah. deserve to yeah. go the whole way. MJ is phenomenal in this movie. It's probably her best showing in the trilogy. And Aunt May is like the whole reason these, this entire plot exists. Exactly. So I think a point seven five is fair. Setting. New York, New York. New York, New York. Write to me, stick stickly. <laughs> you know it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't care about your stick stickly. I'm sending it to Zoom. Hey. Boston, Mass, 03124. Send it to Zoom. Thank you, Teddy. It's a very New York movie. Yes, it is. It's super New York. It's not a full-blown New York because I do feel like that construction site is a bit of a cop-out at the end, but it still works. The Statue of Liberty construction? Yeah. I suppose. Because it's not the Statue of Liberty we all know and love. But it is the Statue of Liberty. They're just renovating it in honor of Captain America. And there's even a bit about somebody calling in to the Daily Bugle to complain about exactly that, which is super New York. All right. One. (laughs) (laughs) You got me there. One. Style and tone. This is really hard to do, what they did. Uh, It's damn near impossible to pull this off in a way that doesn't feel like you're just toying with people's emotions. Not only are you having to pull in a character from Sam Raimi's Spider-Verse and then Mark Webb's Spider-Verse, but also John Watts' Spider-Verse. Yeah. Two. And not to mention, they're also bringing in Doctor Strange from the the MCU and making all of it work and fit together. It's hard to do. They nailed it. We're going to break something. Two. Which is okay with me. Indeed. Music. Michael Michael fucking Giacchino. Seamlessly blends in the leitmotifs of Danny Elfman and James Horner. That's impressive. This score is phenomenal. Two phenomenal or 1.5 phenomenal? Uh, one five phenomenal, probably, but like. He gets a, an automatic one. A determined. Dirty one five. I will take a dirty one five. Like, I, it should probably be two because he crushes it. How about a 175? I like that. 175. That feels like the right middle ground. Last episode, burn it down. Burn it down. We're doing quarter scores over one. I love it. Never done it before. Might as well. We've probably done it before. Fuck you guys. No. Fuck you for listening so hard. I think we have a 1.25 in music for for Far From Home, actually. Yeah, I guess I fuck everyone. (laughs) Burn it down. Giacchino uh, getting over one for his last three movies in the last seven episodes. Yep. He's done a lot. Man works. Uh, Go watch his directorial I don't even know if it's his debut. He's probably directed something before, but like he did shorts before. But yeah, this is his. Well, this is fifty-three still a minutes. Short, but um, <laughs> Werewolf his... by Night. It's so fucking good. Yeah. Giacchino, give it all to him. Give it all to him. One-liners. There are some good ones. There are some. Every time Sandman and Electro talk about how they got their powers, and everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you got to be careful where you step. You can't be falling into stuff." That's really good, but I feel like that's more of a wink ding. Yeah, whereas I feel like Scooby Doo this shit shit. is a one liner. Yeah, that's fair. It might be light on one liners. It might be. um, Fuck you. I like this movie. Point five. Point five. And the final category is impact on the genre. 
the genre being superhero movies, it is the last impact we're going to give. This is the last impact. On superhero and movies. And I have a feeling it's a lasting impact. I have a very good feeling. Before this movie even came out, the trailer within the first 24 hours became the most viewed trailer in 24 hours with 355 million oh views in the first 24 hours, <laughs> which beat Endgame, which only had 289. Only. Only. Only 289 million, but it beat it with 355. That's like it. Not even beating it. That destroyed is destroyed just Endgame's destroying. record. $1.9 billion. $1.9 billion. Is, is enormous. And don't forget this movie never came out in China. Which is insane to me. $1.9 billion without China. Two. Absolutely. It has to be. It if has it's not, be. I don't know and what it, is. It established this Peter finally in the MCU, and we don't know that we're getting more Peter, but we kind of know that we're getting more Peter. We're getting more Peter, but also it pays homage to the past, yes. where everything has come from. And I think that's it important. It does such a good job. Uh, that's going to give Spider-Man No Way Home a total score of 13.75, which honestly feels low. It honestly does feel low. I really, really like this movie. I'm not sure if I love this movie. I think I love this movie. But even giving that score for something that you like, it just feels appropriate. Yeah. And that's kind of been the whole theme of this show. That's true. Is whenever you watch something that's good, it's not perfect. Whenever you watch something that's no. bad, it's not complete it's shit. It's not complete shit. It's about not living in the extremes. It's about recognizing that there are middle grounds or above grounds or below grounds for whatever you are watching. Yeah, I mean- You like what you, you like. what you like. like. Just look at everything we've said about the Sony Spider-Man universe and Daredevil and Green Lantern. We like them. Exactly. For whatever reason. Are they good? They still Maybe. get pretty low scores Not in the super great. stuff, but we liked them. You're allowed to like things that suck. It's true. Don't have guilty pleasures, just have pleasures. Live your life. There's no reason to be feel guilty about the things you like. Exactly. Full stop. So, Brian, this is a bit of a loaded question. Oh, yeah. But what are we talking about next week? Uh, nothing. Exactly. <laughs> We're talking about Catwoman. That's that would an old be a, bit. a twist, wouldn't it? <laughs> no, next week is going to be our episode zero of our new show, Beer Me a Movie, where we kind of explain to everybody what's going to be us going forward. Yeah. The... Because me and Brian, we're not breaking up. Fuck you. I no, love Brian. No, we're having a great time here. And did you say you love me? I love you. I love you too, Dave. We're just really tired of talking about superhero movies and we're real light on what's to come in the future. So uh, good things must come to an end at some point. Yeah. You know. It's good to call it while it's still at a high. Or at a medium. Or, or wherever at a low, it is. Or wherever you might think it is. Hey, man, we talked about Morbius, the Batman, and Spider-Man No Way Home this month. I feel like we're ending on a high. I completely And that agree. is neglecting to mention Citizen Toxie. Which was so good. Which was the most offensive movie I've ever seen in my life, but still amazing. I loved it. And our guest, Kyle... I mean, I, I wish I was here hugging him the whole time we were talking about that movie. It was so good. Just want more hugs from all of our friends. <laughs> we got a lot of them, as you heard in the... <laughs> the batshit crazy. The caped podcasters <laughs> theater. Ah, the Keaton Patty homage. Exactly. But Dave's right. We're not going anywhere. Uh, in fact, the new show is going to be on the exact same feed. So if you're subscribed, you don't have to change anything. Everything will roll right over into Beer Me a Movie. 
Uh, and, and next week, you will get our episode zero wherever you are already subscribed. If you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for? Why are you even listening to this right now? Hey, I, you know what I should do? I should listen to the last episode of the Kate Podcasters, even though I haven't listened to any other episodes. It's a weird it's, entry point. It's a good point to, to join us. But good news is if you liked what you just heard, and you must have if you're still here, Subscribe, and you will immediately receive our new episodes of Beer Me a Movie as soon as they come out in the same feed. Uh, Facebook page is going to stay the same. You don't have to like a new page. I think Twitter might change. Our socials are up in the air. We'll let you know during episode one what the deal is with our socials. But in the meantime, the people that do follow our social media know that on Facebook, we always put up a post asking for your questions and comments on the day we record. And we got... As you can imagine, a whole bunch. <laughs> People took advantage of that last episode. Um, I'm going to get the bullshit ones out of the way early. Okay. Uh, Sean Muldowney from the Experience Crime Podcast said, can we just talk about Dottie for a sec? Yo. Dottie, though? Yo, Dottie, though, from Pee Wee's Big that Adventure? That Tommy Pickles voice? <laughs> <laughs> really does it for some people. Uh, mostly Sean from the Experience Prime podcast. Go listen to them. We love Kyle. We love Sean. And fuck you. I, I love Ryan, too. He was there for a while as well. For a long time. In the comment realm, we have Derek Ives, because of course we do. Yeah, we still had some things from his email last week to answer, I think. <laughs> we probably do. <laughs> he said, I think the Holland trilogy suffered from Peter Parker living in the shadow of Tony Stark in the first two films, and then Tobes and Garfield here. Though I think No Way Home came closest to giving Peter the attention he deserves, I'm really looking forward to a future Spider-Man movie where he doesn't need to ride the curtails of other established heroes to drive the plot. Is that even possible in the MCU? This fuels my opinion that Tobes McGobes movies truly were something special. Tobes McGobes movies were something special. Yes, 100%. And I don't disagree with you about Iron Man's shadow um, although I think the entire MCU falls within Iron Man's shadow. That's not wrong. This uh, movie definitely is not this, in that shadow. 100% no. Uh, I don't think Tom Holland falls under the shadow of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this movie. I think they are there to help prop Tom Holland up. And if anything, it's a true origin story for this Spider-Man. And I'm going to somewhat agree with you. I do think they're there to prop up the Tom Holland character. But I also think they're there to round out the rest of the story. Oh, yeah. For like sure. They obviously still have their own hangups, and it's addressed. It yeah. feels like We get closure that on their There's supposed to be a Spider-Man 4, yeah. and there's supposed to be an Amazing Spider-Man 3, and we finally get that closure to those series right. and franchises or whatever they might be. I feel like it's so appropriately done. But I'm also very excited to see what happens in the future with this Spider-Man. And I do think there is hope that we get proper Spider-Man stories, especially with the introduction of characters like Daredevil. Like and Craven the Hunter. And these more street-level heroes that Absolutely. Disney is letting live now in their own universe. Exactly. Stephen Baker, he asks, and man, this is going to be a tough one to answer. Which Spider-Man is your Spider-Man? But then he also says, mm. just to kind of, give you a, a bit of an aside while you're thinking of that answer, because mm. I heard the hmm. Mm. He also asks, also, if you had webs coming out of your body, where would you want them to come out of? Eyes. You want web eyes? Yeah, I want like Kirkland's signature uh, <laughs> heat vision Superman style. I'm I feel like with the wrists. I'm like fine with the wrists. Laser eyes is such a cool power, yeah. and webs are such a cool power. It's a great combination of the two, and imagine swinging through the streets with from your neck. <laughs> 
It's like, what happened to Spider? He literally hanged himself. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots webs out of his eyes. It's not great for swinging through the city. No, it's not. But it looks cool. It does not. Also. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can't see while he's doing it, but for everybody else, it looks cool. My Spider-Man is Tobey Maguire. Um, I love Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. I love Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man. I think Tom Holland is my Spider-Man, though. I think he's the great combination of the two. Sorry, Andrew Garfield, but um, <laughs> he didn't make the cut. <laughs> Donnie Valola, he's in Zellerman. He asks, what has been your guy's favorite running joke on the show? Oh, wow. I have a weird one. And it's a very weird one. I have, okay, I think I have one too. What do you got? So, <laughs> all right. We did a Valentine's Day episode where we did a PG version of Deadpool. <laughs> yes, we did. Which, fine, whatever. It was probably a bad move on our part. Yeah, we but were young. I think the greatest thing that came out of that was our rebranding of Fuck, Mary Kill to Wed, Bed, Behead. And I think it needs to be more widely adopted and appreciated. We'll get there. <laughs> Great. My favorite joke is anything Bob Vila related. Oh, God. The, uh, yes. And it's such a weird one. And that's the reason why. And I think it came about in like the 300 episode. We were talking about like this old hole or <laughs> something old like that. Hole. And then Bob Vila morphed into Over a, time. a sort of Billy, Billy Mays yeah. character. And <laughs> it's just been so weird. It's been bizarre, but it, it it's lived on. It has it's lived on. It's like on a life the Bruce own. Springsteen parody, Asshole on Front Street, was one of my favorite things oh, we've ever my God, done. So much fun. But it didn't live on because that's something you should let die. Yes, it is. <laughs> Interestingly enough, both of those bits have merch. Yeah, they do. On the Super Stuff store. They so. do. I, I think the Bob Vila bit has been my favorite. I mean, obviously the Favreau fucking salute, guys. The Favreau on, salute but, is a classic. I mean, that started early. But the Bob Vila bit is just, I, I, I always have such a good time doing it. Yeah. And it pops up so often. I'm going to miss that bit. Quite a bit. Yeah. If we don't bring it back into the new show, I mean, and who the hell knows? Who knows what, what's in store for the new show? I have no clue. I do know that Walk Hard will live on. And, and we an, probably should announce that, shouldn't an we? Interesting. How about we give that to the people who are listening right now? Sure. So, you know how every year we come up with a Christmas episode? <laughs> We're not doing that anymore, because now our Christmas episode, in perpetuity, is going to be Walk Hard. Walk Hard every year. <laughs> every single yeah. I can't wait to see how much whatever the score is on it varies from I year to year. I have no clue. But also, do you want to bring a guest on? I think that would each be year fun. to kind of introduce them or reintroduce them to the brilliance that is Walk Hard. Yeah. The Dewey Cox story. <laughs> yeah, I love that idea. I can't wait for Christmas. Tis the season, you know, for exactly. sharing and whatnot. Giving the gift of Cox. And the last question that we have is from Vincent Masafra. He's not just the hero that we need right now, but he's the hero we deserve. Because huh? he asks, Wed bed be head. <laughs> there it is. Toby, Andrew, Tom, go. Oh, I should have seen this coming. You should have from a mile away. <laughs> seen this coming. That was a Homer Simpson if I've ever seen one. <laughs> coming. Stupid sexy Flanders. That's my trivia team name. I'm, I'm going to have to sue you. I'm Me and aware. Dave Novak and I Jimmy feel Spiller like if you me. start suing for stupid, sexy Flanders, you might hear from the Fox people. We might. Who are now Disney. Also true. So oh, you'll shit. definitely hear from them. Uh, yeah, say all you want. You're having a great time. 
I enjoy you having a good time. Okay, all right. Uh, I feel like this is a no-brainer. Uh, the bed is Andrew Garfield. Absolutely it is. <laughs> that was right where my head went. Um, the other two? Christ. Um, I think I have to behead Tobey Maguire. I am going to wed Tobey Maguire because he knows how to shut the fuck up. That's fair. That That's fair. Um, especially when a spell is being done to forget you or whatever it is. <laughs> Tom Holland proved right there he's not marriage material. I don't have a frame of reference for that as the unmarried kid <laughs> <Fair> podcaster. <enough. laughs> um, but I will say that uh, looking at their career um, aspects, is that is that the right phrase? Sure. Um, <laughs> it's not the wrong phrase. Tom Holland right now is way more marketable and is going to make a lot more money than Tobey Maguire, so... I'm marrying for money. Fair enough. <laughs> Vincent, thank you. Donnie, thank you. Steven, thank you. Derek, thank you. Sean, thank you. Everybody, thank you. Everybody, thank you. Man, it's been a hell of a ride. It has been such a fun ride. I have no idea how we got 192 episodes I don't either. out of this. And also, why we didn't just hold out to the end of the year to get those last eight. <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm good calling no, it because it would I'm be forced. Very, it would be forced, especially after doing No Way Home. Like, what are we, what are we gonna do next week? Doctor Mordred, the movie, Captain Underpants. No, this has been so much fun, especially doing it with Brian. Even though we're not going anywhere, we're, we're not going anywhere. Doing another but, show. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you too, Dave. Great. <laughs> I'm so happy. This has been, and, and I mean, like. Like, I don't even watch movies the same way I did four years ago. Now. Well, because when you watch 192 movies in the span of four years that are strictly based on one genre, that's going to happen. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. <laughs> You're kind of a broken human being at this point. <laughs> that's what it is. I thought I was more in tune with the auteurs. Uh, it turns out I've been watching shit for four years. <laughs> Martin Scorsese would high-five you, uh, now, I'm sure. <laughs> no, these are our, our modern heroes. These are our modern myths. This genre is is huge for a reason. They make buku bucks for a very good reason. <laughs> yeah. People like this shit. And it's not shit in our minds because no. we're huge ass fans. <laughs> but also, some of it is shit. Some of it is great. But we fully believe in our only rule on this show has always been tear down the good, celebrate the bad. Exactly. There's there's no such thing as a fully bad movie or an a perfect movie. Exactly. Every perfect movie has a lot of flaws, and movies are hard to make in general. So any bad movie, bravo for even making it. That's going to carry over to the new show. 100%. For sure, it has 100%. to. 100%. I'm very excited for the new show. I cannot wait for it to start. Where Beer Me a Movie, we're going to be beering each other a movie. Yes, it's going to be a surprise every, every week. Every week. We have no idea what the next person's going to pick, and every last week of the month, you, the listener, is going to be able to beer us a movie. That we're going to pick at random for what's submitted. I sincerely cannot wait. Everybody, thank you so much for joining us on this journey that has been the Cape Podcasters. Brian, do you have anything else? I think I might have one more thing. Shit, I don't even know what to do here because this is... Uh, <laughs> it's never one. happened. It's never happened that I actually had one more thing. What do you got? Last week, Derek sent us this really good email asking about the Super Stuff score. And, and despite its arbitrariness... It's super arbitrary. We've done a pretty good job with it as far as ranking these movies in a certain way. Okay. And I kind of want to just run down real quick the official top 10 and bottom 10 movies of the Super Stuff score. 
I'm very excited to hear this because I was not prepared. Let's start with the bottom 10. I think that's appropriate. Let me guess three that are in there. Sure. Spawn, Catwoman, Gangsters from Hell, or whatever that movie is. Uh, G-Men from Hell. That one. G-Men from Hell actually does not make the bottom 10. Bravo, the movie's brilliant. Uh, And there's a tie for 10th place. (laughs) Well, hit me with your list. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Deserved. Daredevil. Not deserved. These are getting worse as we go, by the way. Oh, okay. We started from the top. Yeah. Now we hear. Yeah, now we hear. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. (laughs) Yep. Kick-Ass 2. Yep. Fantastic Four. Yep. Zoom. Uh, maybe. All right. Maybe. This is the one on this list that I think is undeserved, and we we did it dirty, and it always deserved revisiting. The Incredible Hulk. It does deserve revisiting. We wish you a turtle Christmas. <laughs> that was such a fun episode, though. <laughs> We're in the negatives, by the way, now, as far as sure. the course. Garfield the movie. Yep. Which somehow, Tale of Two Kitties did fared much better. Because it had a story and a plot. <laughs> Spawn. Uh, it's one of the worst we ever saw. And Catwoman. Catwoman had to be there. It did. Due to canon. It did. Our top movie list is much more interesting. Okay. Because there's some stuff in there. And you know what? Usually I skip the stuff that was kind of off genre, but I'm not going to this time. Fair I'm enough. Give the proper top 10 of the, all the movies we've done. Starting 10, working way to number one. Exactly. Okay. And there's a three-way tie for 10th. Yeah, as there should be. <laughs> Between the Avengers, Men in Black, and Baby Driver. That all checks out. Then it's Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then it's Back to the Future. That is so low. It's tied with The Return of the King. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Two of my favorite movies. Okay. Return of the King made the top 10. despite as should have. Despite my best efforts. You failed miserably, <laughs> and I'm happy for that. Black Panther. Good. Spider-Man No Way Home. Good again. Avengers Infinity War. Should have been number one. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Forgot about that movie. Should have been number one. Ghostbusters. Should have been number one again. Jesus. Avengers Endgame is number one. As it probably should be. So that is the bottom 10 and top 10 of the Super Stuff score. And it feels appropriate. It sure does. So somehow in all the arbitrariness, we kind of nailed it. It's arbitrary. We were going to nail it either way. We could argue it in or out, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Even if we didn't nail it, I would still sit here and say, I think we nailed it. Fair enough. So who knows if we really did or not. I could be bluffing right now. You totally could be, and that would be very on par for us. It would. We'll get there. We won't. Guys, if you've not learned <laughs> that at this point, I don't know what to tell you. Could you imagine? My last words of the podcast are, we'll get there. <laughs> now, Brian. Yeah. You got anything else? Nothing left for me. Fantastic. We'll see you guys on the new show, Beer Me a Movie. Some takeaways from this show. Never touch another man's rhubarb. With great power comes great responsibility. Comes wicked responsibility, kid. But most importantly, in the words of Stanley, Excelsior! Brian. Hey, Dave. It's been a minute since we've done this. It's been a long time since we've done this. So post-credit, what do you think happens next? <laughs> That's the end of the Cape Podcasters. Here's what I think happens after the after the. You're podcast. talking Cape Podcast. I'm talking oh, yeah. Spider-Man in my brain. Oh, no. But still, it's all going to line up, I think. <laughs> I'm going...
Keep podcasters post credits. Alrighty. We finish recording this episode. You shut the laptop. We go upstairs, turn off the light, looking behind. This sounds hot. Yeah, no, no, it's not hot. It's more it like feels it's hot, more like then. the end of Cheers, you know? Like it's <laughs> our close. Yeah. It's you turn off the light, you look behind you, kinda smile like, yeah, that was the fortress. Those were good times. Close the door to the fortress. Camera pans back down the staircase and back over to the fortress, and a light emerges from underneath the couch. No! He's still here? The screen goes black. The ginger skull will return. Oh, I hate it. I hate this post-credit more than anything I've ever hated in my life. Uh, we'll see you on Patreon next month. Yes, we will. <laughs> Dave, what do you think happens after the movie slash podcast, whatever you, you're feeling? I'm feeling the movie right now. What I think happens after the movie is you have MJ walking into Peter's new garbage apartment. <laughs> and there's just a couch there, and the back of the couch is facing the door. So just imagine that. The camera zooms in on this couch that's there, and she goes, Peter, what are you doing? And Tom Holland pops his head up, and he's shirtless, and he's sweaty. And he goes, huh? But then Andrew Garfield pops up next to him, and he's shirtless, and he's sweaty. He goes, you called? And then Tobey Maguire pops up, and he's shirtless, and he's sweaty. And he goes, MJ? And then they all lived happily ever after. All four of them or all three of them? <laughs> We'll get there.